Hello, it is Overreaction Monday, January 25th. What a show. There's a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. Today's a big overreaction Monday. Listen, there are things happening in the NFL world after a championship Sunday that lived up to the hype that we need to talk about for the next three hours. We got people wanting out of town, allegedly. We got coaches that shouldn't be coaching. We got teams that are potentially going to be in disarray for the next 25 years, mm. people are saying on the internet, all because of two games just yesterday. Now, granted, they didn't start until three or whatever, so the morning waiting for it was a bit much. It was a little bit of a nuisance. I was getting a bit antsy around noon. One, two, two thirty, three. The games what? finally start. What? How you doing? Keep it moving. And then we get a chance to watch the old guard of the NFL take each other on. Aaron Rodgers, friend of the show, MVP of the NFL in the 2020 season, throws for 346 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. And that team loses Ooh. at home. To the Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers with a Tom Brady that throws three interceptions in one half. How did the Buccaneers win that game? Nobody knows. How did it happen? Well, you can go back to a couple different situations, obviously. Before half, the Green Bay Packers have an opportunity to get a little bit of a twofer in the middle eight. They get a chance to score, take the lead, then double down, getting the ball in the second half. Instead, disaster strikes. Tampa Bay gets the ball back. They get fourth down, about eight seconds left on the clock. Tom Brady's sitting on the sideline with a goddamn burka on him. He's told by somebody, hey, I think we're going to, and he goes, yep, you're goddamn right we are. Goes and puts on a Superman cape, goes out on the field. Scotty fucking Miller, who is not your classic bring your lunch pail to work guy. Mm -mm. Not your classic first one in, last one out, coach's son, a uh, high motor <laughs> Loves the playbook type of guy. Mm -mm. Instead, Scotty fucking Miller is a guy that runs 20 miles an hour Ooh. on an absolute dime the ball is thrown from Tom Brady over Kevin King, who had one of the worst days in football I've ever seen. But why is he in that position? Should we blame Mike Pettin? Or should we blame the player for knowing that you probably got to have a little bit of outside contain because maybe they're going to try to pick a, up a couple yards to kick a field goal? Or do you just think to yourself, are the football gods currently shitting on Green Bay for Tom Brady? And you start thinking that. Then the second half starts, same story. And then it gets down to the end of the game. And the Green Bay Packers, who have had an average drive start of the 23-yard line versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' average drive start, which was the 37-yard line. Wow. Special teams matters, by the way. You only have to give Tom Brady three first downs, and he's automatically going to score whenever you're getting the ball at the 37-ish. That's something that hasn't been talked about. But then here we are, end of the game, down eight. Your MVP has the football on the eight-yard line. And although there was a couple questions on whether or not he could have scampered into the end zone, I believe that to be no. There was a massive body behind him and a corner that was staring him down and a linebacker that had eyes on him. So although we could take a still frame and say, boom, he could just whoo, levitate into the end zone. That's not how it's going to work. Maybe he'll pick up a yard or two, so maybe it makes a different decision. But when it was fourth and goal, down eight, two minutes and whatever, 10 seconds left, 17, whatever it was, two minutes and 10 seconds left, 200 minutes and eight seconds, whatever the hell it was. And you got a three timeouts and a two minute warning, so you're viewing it as four timeouts. I say, why don't you at least think about calling a timeout there and saying, let's, let's, hey, this is the biggest play of our fucking season here. Yeah. 
Okay, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. is on the other side of the goddamn field over there. All right, that guy, for whatever reason, even if he throws three picks in one half, that guy wins games. That's all he does. And by the way, we've gotten a great chance to see it for the last 20 years because they were on national television in this exact type of situation, doing it right in front of our faces. Tom Brady's been doing this for a long time. Let's not think about kicking a field goal here where we will still need a touchdown on the other side of this thing and take the ball out of our MVP's hands. Now, Aaron Rodgers said he understood the thought. It wasn't his decision. A lot of people were saying, why didn't he wave them off? Imagine if that doesn't work. (laughs) Imagine if he waves them off and they don't get it. It's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers refused to listen to Matt LaFleur. Everything he's That's a tough situation to be in. Whenever your head coach is telling you, no, we're going to kick the field goal. The analytics tell us this whole thing. I'm like, well, do they really? Do the analytics tell you? That the guy on the other side is a goddamn goat and the football gods have blessed him properly. Does, do the analytics tell you that you got the MVP of the NFL and maybe take a timeout and say, what's our best play? We need to fucking get now and then get the two-point conversion. By the way, you don't get the two-point conversion. Guess what? can still kick off to exactly what you just thought you were going to be able to do. I mean, it is a wild situation whenever you start thinking about why that decision was made. And in the end, Tom Brady leads a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in 13 years to the playoffs in his first year there with a bunch of old heads that went ring chasing down there. And now they are at home in the Super Bowl taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in a game that was relatively boring. <laughs> there was no Kansas City Chiefs down nine. Who gives a fuck? This yeah. is basically exactly what we said was going to happen. The Kansas City Chiefs, whenever they want, can win again. Whenever they want, they can win again. A lot of people talking about, you know, the Bills have covered seven of their last eight games. The the Chiefs haven't covered it all. It's like they haven't covered it all, but what if they, they motherfucking win? And when you have a guy at tight end who seems to be unguardable, and Travis Kelsey, by the way, shout out Travis yeah. Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. Broke a record last night. No big deal. Records have been around a long time. Travis Kelsey seemed to be unguardable. And then you got a guy named Cheetah who... Yeah. By the way, shout out 61 for the Buffalo Bills. That guy is not getting enough credit. (laughs) Defensive lineman who was chasing Tyreek Hill. He was about two yards behind him, slowly three, four, Mm -hmm. then 10. And I think if you do the math, his speeds were probably up in the high teens. (laughs) He was a big boy. He should get a little bit more tough. But then you obviously, Justin Zimmer's his name. Congrats to him. Shout out to Justin Zimmer. You guys lost, but you put on a hell of an athletic performance there in the all-whites while you're sprinting after a goddamn cheetah. But then you got Patrick Mahomes, who looked like nothing was wrong at all, slinging the rock all the way around. Kind of what we told you was going to happen with a toe injury. They just go ahead and give you a little, how you doing? And then he's just off and moving. I would assume his toe hurts like a motherfucker today, but it doesn't matter because the Chiefs had their best performance yet. The Chiefs from last year that we all fell in love with, down 21, down 20. By the way, Patrick Mahomes was doing the crowd thing again, like he was doing last year. Didn't see much of it during the season. It, well, because there was no fans. <laughs> <laughs> COVID robbed us from that. <laughs> yeah. true. But it just, it felt like we were watching the Chiefs and it felt like, oh, we're watching Tom Brady. And it's a damn shame because Aaron had one of the best seasons of all time. And now the conversation revolves around, will Aaron be there next year? Uh, what is going to happen? Is Petten going to have a job by tomorrow? Should he have a job by tomorrow? He just signed an extension. Is Matt LaFleur and the boys going to continue to run roughshod over there whenever people are saying, do they need an adult in the room? Whoa. I mean, there's a lot of conversations to be had. We got two weeks to talk about Brady Mahomes. It is awesome. Congrats to the NFL for getting these two in the Super Bowl in Tampa. Uh, in front of 22,000 fans. Also, congrats to me and to Connor, mm. who bet rather heavily on the futures bets that it would be Buccaneers Chiefs Woo! immediately upon realizing that Tom Brady wanted the Buccaneers and the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Tom Brady makes everybody better. 
I talked about it before he even signed with Tampa. A lot of people were saying there isn't a market for Tom Brady. That was an act. Hey, by the way, that was a fucking conversation to happen. <laughs> that, that, that happened this past offseason. Yep. Tom Brady was a free agent for the first time in 20 years. And there are people were saying the market's not that big for Tom Brady. And I came on this show, wasn't on Sirius yet, I don't think, but I came uh, to this desk and this microphone and said, there's 25 teams that want Tom Brady. Now, as we've kind of rolled out here, numerous teams did look into him. It just wasn't as public or anything like that. And a lot of the reason is, is because as soon as you get Tom Brady in your building, everybody gets better. The reps that maybe were cheated uh, on the defensive side, maybe post-practice, if you have a bum-ass quarterback, a quarterback, it's just every single thing that everybody in that building does is amplified because they know they got a guy. Okay, so Tom Brady makes the equipment managers better. Tom Brady makes the athletic trainers better. Tom Brady makes the fourth string defensive lineman better because that fourth string defensive lineman knows we got a real fucking chance of winning the Super Bowl at this point. Getting Tom Brady in your building was something I thought that was much bigger than just him on the football field. It's the accountability for fucking everybody. So whenever I heard Chris Ballard, you know, potentially heard from Tom Brady's team and said, no, thank you, and signed Phillip Rivers, I had a little bit of a moment that was like, listen, I've been in that exact building with a guy that does exactly this whenever he walks into a building, and that was Peyton Manning. I was a rookie punter who enjoyed a beer or ten rapidly, <laughs> who didn't fully understand how to do my job, uh, and I got better watching Peyton Manning. It was just, if you can get a great into your building, it oozes into everybody else in every other department. That has obviously happened in Tampa. A lot of people saying the defense won that game for him. Well, you know, it just so happens to be coincidence after coincidence after coincidence after coincidence after coincidence. And at some point, the biggest mathematist has to say, what's the fucking X factor? You drop Tom Brady in a building, they win. Does it make sense? Not at all. But all he's going to do is just keep on winning. Now the question is, will Patrick Mahomes ever catch Tom Brady in Super Bowl appearances? It's going to be tough to argue. It looks like Patrick Mahomes might go to as many Super Bowls as he wants to play. That Kansas City team is unbelievable. A lot of teams are potentially going to look different. we got a lot to talk about. one 888 mad 6 We want to talk to you here. Uh, we got to get started, though. There's a guy in this particular studio who has been a diehard Packer fan. Cheesehead for a long time. He's an owner of a goddamn team. That's right. Didn't get a chance to go to the game this weekend because of circumstances. By the way, I think we all looked at it and said, yeah, probably not the right move no, no. in the particular setup that right. it was. But watch the entire game. Mm-hmm. Ty Schmidt, you become a, a little, uh, not a little, a, a pretty good voice for most Packers fans. Sitting here today, after all the alleged Aaron Rodgers might demand out of Green Bay, which I, I partook in this morning on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, <sure>. But I would <laughs> Had to. His press conference afterwards where he said there's a lot of uncertainty in the future, including mine and everything. If you listen to the whole thing, not a single part of that made it sound like he was going to retire or was he going to walk in there and be pissed off? Because remember, just one week ago, he told us like everything is actually on positivity, the complete opposite. Right. But just to entertain the idea. I mean, I'm getting Indianapolis in there as much as possible. You know what I mean? So I had to do it. I don't think Packers fans believe that Aaron's not going to be a Packer next year, right? And how do you feel about the entire game and situation? Yeah, no, I think Aaron will definitely be back next year. I don't think anyone thinks he's actually going to, like, you know, demand a trade or anything like that. I think that's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, the game just ended. He has reason to be pissed. You, 
ultimately, I kind of it's it's almost like a shame on me because we were we were ta- <laughs> we were talking about everything all week, and it really did seem like the Packers were like the best team in the NFL right now. The way they were dancing, the way they were they're playing, Rodgers winning an MVP, like this team did feel different. And you know, you hate to harp on it and go back to it, but ultimately, this was the same the same team that made it to the NFC Championship last year. They really didn't do that big thing that they could have to get over the hump and get back to the Super Bowl. I said last year they needed to fire Mike Pettin. They didn't. They bring him back. The defense was playing better. Jair Alexander was great yesterday. He had two picks, but Mike Pettin's a fucking buffoon. Like they need to get rid of him. I mean. You pay all those guys on defense, the the Smith brothers and Kenny Clark, you pay them all this money. They pressured Brady five times yesterday. They just Versus him, Aaron's yeah. 22 pressures. Exactly. Right. And obviously the, the Packers, you know, not having Bakhtiari killed them. Their tackles got abused all day. But it just – I'm still almost in like a state of shock because, like you said, you look at like the box score, you look at everything. It's like, okay, they, they – they picked off Brady three times. You can't, in one half. In one half. You can't score six points off those turnovers. You always talk about the middle eight, same deal. I mean, that's the most inexcusable thing ever, giving up the, Kevin King giving up that bomb to Scotty Miller. And then the fir- Packers opening drive of the second half, Aaron Jones fumbles, oh, yeah. you know, and, and boom, it's 28-10. It's, basi- it's basically over already. So, I mean, you can go back to them not letting, not having the ball in Rodgers' hands on fourth down, kicking the field goal instead. It's just, I don't know. I feel like a lot of Packers fans are going to look back at this season and it's like wasted opportunity for sure. This one hurts. This one hurts way more than I mean, shit. You know, the the last NFC Championship they were in, they got blown out by the Falcons. You never really thought like they were going to win that game. Seattle, they were winning the whole game. They, you know, same deal. They pick off Russell Wilson three times. They don't get the onside kick going to overtime. The the Seahawks score on the first possession right away. It just, I really did think if they got to the Super Bowl, there was maybe a chance that they could beat the Chiefs or the Bills or whoever just because of the way they were playing, the way Aaron's playing. But, I mean, the, this one's going to hurt for a while. And it, like like we said, like Rodgers is – I don't think he's going anywhere, but I also wouldn't blame him for being like, you know what, fuck this. I deserve to go somewhere like Tampa where they showed this year, like, hey, we're going to sell out for Brady. Like, we know he's not around too much longer. We know we got something good right now. This guy's one of the the greatest ever. Let's sell out and let's try to win a Super Bowl this year. I think he does deserve that, and I just don't think the Packers are ever going to do that. I don't think they ever will either. And Ty, by the way, T's and P's and P's and T's from all of us. That's right. Thank Thank you. Stay strong, Ty. Stay strong. Thank you. I mean, Diggs' team died in the middle yeah. of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connor's team's dead forever. Forever. Yeah. It's a long time. You you in this room, the Bears, obviously. They beat the Bucks mm-hmm. though, so. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> We're actually a Super Bowl team. All right. Aviva Lazito, obviously big Bears fan. Yeah. All right. Um, your team, though, became our team a little bit. In yeah. Here. Obviously, with Aaron coming mm-hmm. on there. It was a lot of fun to watch. But immediately on draft night, and then in the offseason, they bring fu- they get Funches, by the way. Oh, yeah. Maybe. 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 Would have been a difference. Funches, maybe. You know, you never know. Funches. <laughs> Everybody says he gets loose on the eight-yard line. Yeah, look out. You know what I mean? Red zone target. Pretty big player there. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a single move was made to make the team better to take the next step. Now, granted, they did bring in uh, old buddy. Tremont uh, Williams. They've re-signed him. They got Kirksey. Tavon Austin. Kirksey, they signed him in the offseason. Like, By the way, he came in and made a big hit. He had, his, yeah. he had his best game of the year yesterday. But it's just they never made that big step. You know, Kansas City Chiefs. Look, the two teams that are in the Super Bowl 
Obviously, you just alluded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers realizing they got fucking Tom Brady. And uh, instead of drafting, you know, or trading up in the first round to get a quarterback uh, because you think he's potentially on his downfall, even though he's, what, five years older than Aaron at this point mm -hmm. or whatever. Didn't do that. Instead, they did the complete opposite. And they're like, uh, we're going to go get some guys out of retirement. We're going to fucking trade yeah. for that. We're going to get this guy. We're going to do this. We're going to have retool this entire thing, and we're going to go for it. Chiefs, we're going to spend a half a billion dollars on a quarterback. Mm -hmm. We're going to bring back Travis Kelsey. Congrats to Travis Kelsey making over $100 million. Uh, We're going to sign a couple. By the way, them losing Fisher. Uh oh, yeah. Hey, Achilles is tough. You know, that is very, very – that's a bummer for him. Uh, hell of a player. That might be tough, especially with the way Pierre Paul has been playing. But that – that's – they – hey, Andy Reid, we're going to lock in. We're, we're going to lock in our team. We are going to invest in our team, and we're going to go. Mm -hmm. The Packers just felt like they were in a transition phase after making the NFC Championship, almost thinking like they couldn't do it again. And then in the middle of the season, they realize, oh, shit, we got a guy quarterback that can do this again. And if Aaron comes out and says, I want to move on, and I, once again, I listening to that whole thing, I didn't get a feeling that he said that no. because he wanted to leave. But if we're going to have the conversation, I mean, let's, let's have the conversation. Yeah. If he was to come out and say, I'd like to move on, the people that don't like Aaron for whatever reason will get really loud. And then I think a lot of people, though, especially after this year and everything, and after watching what happened, will go like, yeah, fucking go oh, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, right. just, just like Matthew Stafford, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Matthew Stafford, much smaller level, obviously, because Aaron Rodgers is at the, the conversation of greatest of all time, and Matthew Stafford is not. And many would say it's potentially because of where he's been. If he's been on a good team, there'd be a different conversation there. But Matthew Stafford was always just chill, cool. I understand that my career is being wasted here or whatever. I'm uh, not saying it's the exact same as Detroit. Obviously, mm -hmm. it is different, potentially because it is Aaron, but, but it is... I mean, much. it's a different organization, okay? The Lions are a much different organization than the Packers. I, I was going to potentially, but that does, the Packers do not deserve that, okay? Especially right. on this no. day, yeah. neither do no, their fans. No. No. no, they don't. Motor, Motor City Dan Campbell is going to turn that all around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Potentially. <laughs> Brandon yeah. Deuce Staley from mm -hmm. Philadelphia. Oh. But Matthew Stafford's at the point where they mutually agreed to part ways or whatever, yeah. and everybody's like, good for you, man. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I, I do believe that Deshaun Watson, I don't – I feel like there's a lot of people that are like, good for you, man. Go, like, go do what you got to do. If Aaron was to do it, I think every football person would be like, yeah, I mean, he's being held hostage basically in Green Bay right now. Let him do what they got to do. And there's some intriguing landing spots. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, Indianapolis, you know, everybody's saying that's the number one spot. Yeah. <laughs> if Aaron was to be traded, Indianapolis is where he should be thinking about going. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Teams build around him. Yep. All right. Team was already good this year. Phillip Rivers, great quarterback. Hey, Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh -huh. Yeah. Many people are saying. But imagine Aaron <laughs> in this particular place with that defense, that offensive line. By the way, Frank Reich will go for it on fourth down. Mm -hmm. He will let you do whatever. Okay. He will go for it whenever, however he has to. It's just very interesting. Also, 49ers people mm -hmm. are saying. Whoa. If he was to go back home, by the way, you know he has a deep, deep love. Love for that area of mm -hmm. the country. He was even talking about it after he donated five hundred thousand to the Barstool Fund. Uh, whenever we talked about it on the show, he was talking about how you know back in Butte County, a lot has happened. Look for something to happen there. He still has deep ties there. That was his childhood team. I mean, they're putting pictures up on ESPN and NFL Network of him wearing 49ers uniform with a helmet and jersey on him. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, that would be a storybook type situation. Was almost going to happen with Tom Brady, also from the same mm -hmm. area a year ago. It is alleged that. They 
they did look into Tom Brady, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out. If Aaron's on the table and Shanahan can get him in there in that offense, Debo, Kittle, boys, I mean, how you doing? Keep it moving. Niners will be pumped about that. Then you, people are saying L.A. Because he's got that house in Malibu. Yeah. That, was actually, that was actually referred to this morning. You know, he has that house in Malibu in L.A. The L.A. Rams could be done with golf. Maybe there's a move there. Oh. There's the Steelers. People were saying the Steelers. I saw Diggs pitching the Steelers. <laughs> Why not? For, I mean, <laughs> Why not? I, I think this is exactly like the Tom Brady situation where everybody just looks at their quarterback and goes, if Aaron fucking Rodgers is out there, are we not trying? Now, granted, it's going to take three, four number one overall picks. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. Probably a player in exchange, if I had to guess. Uh, Eric, that's the type of dude Aaron is. And some people might be surprised about that or whatever. Uh, and that means they probably just don't ever watch Aaron or know how people truly feel about him as a player. That's probably three, four number one overalls. Stafford, I'd assume, is the number one or two number ones to get out of there. I mean, if people really want to make a move to get a guy and you need a plug-in place, like, for instance, the Colts need – we need – that is, we just did it with Phil. Yep. It worked. Success. Mm -hmm. Didn't get to where we wanted to, but it was good. Let's just go ahead and try it again. <laughs> Drop you in there. I mean, the Niners traded for Jimmy G. They made a play for Jimmy G to get him in there. Why not Aaron or Maddie? That's a question that a lot of people are going to ask, I assume, this offseason until it all gets settled. At Tone Diggs, you want them both. I saw you doing your terrible <laughs> Photoshop for both of them. Well, I, I love Ben, <laughs> and I really do, really do, but his OC is gone. Uh, his best friend, Pouncey, retired. One of his other best friends, Vance McDonald, retired. Uh, he's not going to want to learn a new offense. So, I mean, if Ben, I love you. Three Super Bowl, three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins. I love him. I love him forever. But, hey, think I mean, about that real quick, though, before you get going. He made three Super Bowls, won two of them. That's a hell of a career. Especially in the Tom Brady era. Yeah. Tom's going to his 10th, could win his 7th. <laughs> Insane. But I'm if, sorry. I, I, but if you can get... Aaron in, and obviously the Steelers cap's a mess, and it's nothing that they ever do, but I'm going to toot that horn until it doesn't, ha doesn't happen. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that's not something they would do, including Green Bay, by the way. This is not something that Green Bay would yeah. do either. I don't think anything in the history of the Green Bay Packers says that they would do this, right? No, yeah, definitely I mean, not. you guys forced Curly Lambeau out way back, if that's I do it. recall. Well, yeah. Yeah, you I mean, guys forced him out. Yeah. Him out. Favre. Favre, too. No, because it, it, it's not the same with Favre, because Favre was waffling, <laughs> for, saying, well, shit, I'm not retired. I don't know. Well, you know I'm not really yesterday. feeling it. So. Hey, joining us, he did, by the way, joining us now is somebody who might have some inside information that we do not. Uh, I'm once again going to preface this by saying, as a show, we listened to that and we did not hear one ounce of Aaron saying, I'm going to retire or I went out of town. But it is incredible conversation because if you do take him for what he said, a lot of future uncertainty, including mine, Aaron said. <laughs> joining us now is a man who's a Hall of Famer. A Walter Payton Man of the Year winner, uh, eight-time Pro Bowler. You've seen him on ESPN. You've seen him on Fox. I'm not exactly sure where he is right now, but hopefully we will learn. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the most electric people in the history of the NFL, Chris Carter. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah! What's going on, man? What's going on, man? Hey. You're, you're doing a great job. Me? You, are, you have transitioned. Remarkable. Um, especially for a kicker. Hey. Uh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> You've adapted to this thing that we call the media. I like your analyst shirt. Yes, you're an analyst. Thank you. I listen to you all the time. So congratulations on your success. And I've been working with the NFL and the NFL office, operations office, 
for the last year. So what? A, well, I appreciate all your love, by the way. I told uh, everybody listening, I got to meet you at the Pro Bowl. You were the coach of the team I was on, and we were on a bus for two hours to practice <laughs> and two hours back. We got to learn a lot about each other. And your son, Deron, was on our team, who I am a massive fan of. So I appreciate you joining us. Let's talk about the NFL and the NFL Ops. What have you been doing? We changing rules? We discussing how to make the game better? What have you been doing over there? Um, well, we're always changing the rules. We're trying to be more efficient. How can the game run faster? But I think when you look at this past year, what we've dealt with as far as the pandemic, um, social unrest, and how the league, the owners, um, the club owners, and the players have all come together to be able to adapt. And we've been through the whole season. Not one game was canceled. And we're getting ready to play the Super Bowl with 20-something-odd thousand people there. It's a really credit um, to the business of the National Football League. And they really took this COVID thing serious. They knew it wasn't going to go away. And um, yes, we suffered from an economical standpoint, but the game being played, um, Tom Brady and Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, first time ever a team's able to host, is going to be in the game against the modern day GOAT in, in, in Patrick Mahomes. How could it be any better for the NFL? So yes, it's been a tough year for all of us, but the NFL and the players and all their partners are able to get through it. Yeah, I would say this is, and by the way, I think the championship games Everybody would say they got it right then, too. You know, like the NFL got it right this year as well. Yeah. Throughout the entire season, four of the top five QBs are represented, aside from Russell Wilson, by the way. So we're talking to Chris Carter, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Is Roger Goodell involved? You talk to Roger Goodell. He's my commissioner. But do you talk to <laughs> Roger Goodell on a daily basis, weekly basis? I, I don't talk to Roger Goodell. I'm more in the, in the operations. Um, if I need Roger, um, I have been in communication. I've been very fortunate to be involved with the league as long as I have. So um, when they decided to catch, no catch, I was part of that. And continuing growing the game. It's not only important what's going on the field, but also who's the future of the game? Who are the future players in the game? And where we're going to find our players from and trying to communicate that um, to them and helping them bridge the gap to help them have a career a lot like yourself. A um, couple Pro Bowls, eight years playing in the league, hey. had a good time playing at it. But if someone else has a dream like you, it's it's really, it, it, it's it's our desire to really make that dream come true to more people. So um, the future of the game, um, the current players playing the game, not only the rules, how the game has been played, and then also the NFL uh, legends, which you're a part of. That's any player that's played one down in the National Football League. So um, they got me fairly busy. Uh, yeah, well, I appreciate all the work you're doing. And by the way, helping out the greatest league on earth is I sure you assume is a massive honor and only want to make it better. I did not know that the Legends community was just one snap because every time I get, I get an email that says, uh, dear legend, I feel real good about it. <laughs> now I know that that's a much larger net than I had originally planned for. But hey, it's all right. I'll still read those. Pat, just think about it. If you actually made it to the NFL, your community you came from, the parents you came from, the people that supported you, as far as the percentages of who makes it even one down, you're a legend. And they did it the right way. We're putting a lot of resources into it. And we're trying to help these guys in, in many, many facets. But the overall recognition of who you are in this world, it should, you, should, you should understand that. Well, hey, I appreciate that, and that was awesome. I'll probably clip that and use that for the rest of my <laughs> life, uh, coming from Chris Carter. Let's talk about the football. Let's talk about it. Yesterday, you see Tom Brady somehow – Throw three picks and a half, still get a win over the MVP, 
who throws for three tuds, 346 yards. Then obviously on a fourth and goal situation, two minutes left. Chris, just your overall reaction to the NFC game with two OGs kind of battling in Lambeau in a historic game, a game that's going to be talked about for a very long time, mostly because of the decision that happened at the end with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but uh, I could um, – Green Bay was playing like they were playing a regular season game. And maybe they thought that was the, the, the Chicago Bears and Mitch Trubisky. And, oh, yeah, we'll get a stop and come back down, then convert for two. Or they even thought about maybe my Vikings. Oh, Kirk Cousins, he'll throw us one. <laughs> we'll take the field goal now and we'll stop them. But it's a team game. And the reason why Tom Brady is the greatest is he's been on some of the greatest teams. And Tom played good. But when he let the team down, the defense went three and out. The defense got off the field. That's what preserved that win there. So, yes, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur and them, they should have definitely went for it on fourth down. You are not going to get closer than that, a better opportunity than that to be able to score a touchdown and a conversion and to decide to go for the field goal. I thought that was a, a total mistake. And then now, uh, you know, it's easy. Hindsight's twenty twenty. but they didn't touch the ball. He didn't get back on the field and – Aaron Rodgers only having home field advantage. I played Lambeau Field a bunch of times. I think at least 10 times. Um, him only having one home field advantage throughout his career, that's a crime. They should have had a better supporting cast around him that he could, because that is a true home field advantage. And if they would have been sold out yesterday, I don't think Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, with the overall crowd noise, because it makes a big difference, is are able to win that game. So, Tom... And the Buccaneers, they were able to pull it out. But when Tom made mistakes late, the defense and the rest of the team came together and made plays. All right. You said a lot there, so I want to kind of talk about it. Your initial point was that they were playing like it was a regular season game. That is such well, a, they were playing. I was trying to use the no, quarterback no, no, hold that they on, play against on. on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. But also the mindset, though. This happened yesterday with the Bills against the Chiefs, like settling for field goals instead of going for it. They went for it early on fourth down, but then they didn't continue to do so. In the right. playoffs, in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, I mean, we saw it with Andy Reid, with Chad Henney or whatever. I do feel like you have to play aggressive and kind of let it go. Don't you think so? The greatest coach, Belichick, if you look at the biggest games he's ever played in, and especially when he played against quarterbacks that he thought were pro, uh, prolific, he was always aggressive. Those legendary battles between Brady and Peyton Manning with the Colts, man, you would see them fake punts. You see them try all different types of plays because he knew that the stakes were different. It is not a regular season game. Even though it's played in the same stadium, on the same field, with the same amount of time, each play is bigger, and they did not maximize that moment and realize the gravity of the situation, and you have to win the Super Bowl. You have to knock out the greatest quarterback. With all that experience and everything, I don't, I don't know why they thought going for the field goal then was going to be the right play. Hey, you also, you take it out of your guy's hand. Like, you, by the way, I think they call timeout there. All right, let's use one of our timeouts. We have three of them. Again, two-minute more. Let's go ahead and figure out what our best fucking play is here, okay? What have we not done yet? Where can we isolate Devontae at, maybe, or whatever? Let's go ahead and do this. Let's get this thing, as opposed to we're saving our timeouts for after we get a stop against Thomas Edward Patrick Brady <laughs> Jr. It just doesn't, it, it just, none of it makes sense. And I feel like... Let's take the different cycle from the end of the of the of the fourth quarter to the end of the second quarter. Bruce Arian, Tom Brady had a Parker on. They pulled him off the bench. And I'm gonna tell you something, and, and Pat, I hope you can I hope you can 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 go with me and listen on this. 
because people have a lot of stereotypes. My man, Scotty Miller. All right. White guy. He's white. Very. I'm black. I'm going to say this. The defensive back of Tampa Bay underestimated that white kid. If that had been Antonio Brown, he would have been backed off of. Never disrespect the talent level of anyone in the National Football League. The only way they can hurt you is he gets behind you. And he he underestimated the wheels on my man. Hey, I saw you tweet hey. when he got that stick in, in, the, in the relay. He hey. said he hawked that dude down. You <laughs> happened to be a brother. He about three brothers. You can say it, man. Scoot, scoot. He disrespected the, 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 the Caucasian, hey, Chris, man. Chris, I will say this. In practice, some of my favorite moments. Okay, we had Austin Cauley there for a bit, right? Austin, yeah. Austin goes on a guy in practice. The reaction. Oh, my <laughs> God. Hey, you just got got by a white guy. Hey, and it's even me on the sideline, right? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it is. That's a real thing. And Scotty Miller, though, I think if you've been watching all season, he's been that guy. But the guys in the office, they said the same thing. They said, you think Antonio Brown's out there. Kevin King is doing a much different setup. And I would say... Right. Exactly what you said. I think and that- every white receiver is not a slot receiver. Oh, Dude's yeah. got legitimate speed. I'm talking about legitimate NFL speed. And that's what you saw last night. Tom Brady knew that the corner had settled his hips. All he had to do was hold the safety, and he put a perfect ball, threw it right over the top of his head. I mean, that was a, that was an amazing play. Hey, think, think even further than that, though. Eight seconds left, fourth in whatever three. Uh, they need to get in field goal range still because it's cold as hell here. You need yeah. to be playing outside it anyways, right, because you think every ball is coming. The fact that Scotty like, got his outside now, Dan Orlovsky said it was because he cut the split down and everything like that. The play was designed for that. But if you're Kevin King, you can't. You got to be outside no, no, the wide. No, 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 Dan Orlovsky's wrong. <laughs> because no matter where that guy oh. lines up, I'm outside corner. I'm one yard outside, seven yards, but one yard outside. For sure. If he go to the bathroom, the coach tell me, get on his outside shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right here. Yeah. So unless they were in man-to-man, that's the only reason why his hips should be inside. It is poor technique. It's falling in love with the quarterback. It's losing your train of thought. It's not being focused. It's giving up the biggest play in Packers and NFC history on the defensive end. That's what it is, Orlowski. That's what it is, <laughs> bro. Call it what it is. You in pro football. This ain't this ain't peewee. This ain't high school. Hey, let's You're talk- supposed to be locked in. Only thing that dude can run is the deep out or the takeoff. That's the only thing he can run. Hey. I love it whenever we can get a Dan Orlovsky's wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm not 100 sure if he was. I might have misstated what he said, but I love what you said there. Let's go with um. Hey, let's go with pro football's highest right now. And you said the next generation, Patrick Mahomes in that Chiefs team all year. They never covered worth a damn. Okay, so we lost a lot of money betting on them this year. But right. anytime they needed it, whether it was a play drive or in this particular case a game whenever they need it they have the ability to turn it on not a lot of people have this right and now their entire team seems to have it you got travis kelsey who seems to be unguardable uh tyree kill is just a completely different human on the field it makes no sense patrick mahomes can make every single player them them losing fisher is obviously a problem the defense is a bunch of dogs it feels like and andy Reid isn't scared of a damn thing that team it feels like we're in the middle of this huh it's about to go for maybe the next 10 years it feels like well, it's hard to do. And there is a guy with a cape on Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the one that stopped this from getting started. 
Tom Brady could stop it. He beat him in the AFC Championship two years ago. Offside. They got to that overtime game. All right? Tom Brady, man, has still got something to be said about this history and everything. Before you get ahead of yourself and start putting <laughs> crowns and everything on people, the offensive line of Kansas City is getting ready to play at least the 60 hardest minutes of football they have ever played. Because JPP, <laughs> Shaq, 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 and, and Dominican Sue. Oh, my God. That, you, Vita Vea. About Vita Vea. Oh, he's even getting some snaps back. And yeah. he's a wide load. Two more weeks, and yeah. That rotation that they got, it, that's going to be – that's going to determine the game. Now, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy ain't good enough to be a coach for anybody else but Kansas City. That's a whole nother subject. <laughs> a lot of bad hires. They have put so much speed outside, and they put Tyreek Hill in the slot. Now, I consider to be one of the best slot receivers ever. That a boy, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. We agree. We agree. We're on your side here. And if Tyreek Hill. If I could run as fast as he could walk, <laughs> Andy Reid putting him in the slot. He's got a three-way go on the routes. You can't bump him. If you bring a safety over top, they, they run so many seam routes, and Kelsey is uncoverable. He's one of my favorite players playing in the league. So this will be a battle royale. Todd, Boyle, Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, I want to see the scheme. Because when he faced Tyreek Hill earlier, remember Tyreek Hill had 200 yards in, in a quarter. So he will definitely do the opposite of what he did in that matchup. What do you got, Connor? Yeah, Chris, we've had a lot of conversations surrounding Philip Rivers getting into the Hall of Fame. As someone who's already in the Hall, do you think his career warrants that? Well, I mean, this is what I like to tell people. And um, longevity should be the number one criteria for being in the Hall. I agree. It's called the Hall of Fame. It's not called the Hall of the Very Good. And if you didn't play a long time, you better have been Hello Spectacular. You better have been Gail Sayers. You better have been Terrell Davis. You better have been Calvin Johnson. If not, we can't even have the conversation. But for these guys who do it for a long period of time, you know how many times you got to walk in there, man, and watch that film? How many times you got to get your body to do something it don't want to do? He is absolutely, without a doubt, a Hall of Fame. Bingo. Thank you, Look Chris. The era for which he played in. Seven quarterback. Hey, 17 years as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and some people are saying he does. 17 years as a starting quarterback in the NFL in a quarterback league. It just, he, by far, by the way. But there's some people, for a good reason, they hold the Hall of Fame in such high regards, right? They're like, nobody should be able to get in there. They take ownership over, over the Hall of Fame. Whenever you're in the Hall of Fame, like you are, by the way, and a well-respected member of the Hall of Fame team, do you guys like sit around and talk and you say like, that bum shouldn't be here? That, <laughs> does that ever happen? You guys ever do that? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> one, ask and do Hall of Famers talk. Those, those are the best conversations ever. We should have a TV show. <laughs> like You should. I mean. Put it on YouTube. Because... We have the utmost respect for each other, but we conversate about guys that we thought were Hall of Famers because I think the opinion of a guy that knocked me on my back, Larry Allen telling you what, what, what Reggie White did to him, that's a, that's a great story. So I think the opinion of the Hall of Famers, it really holds a lot of weight, and we actually submit a ballot, and hmm. we have the percentages, 
and we select five guys from the list. Uh, that started about five years ago, four years ago. We started having a voice behind the scenes, and we have two Hall of Famers in the room. So the Hall of Famers do play a vital part in who's going to get in, and we do all the interviews. Um, I've been talking about my man Leroy Butler. I mean, he should just be in for creating the Lambeau League. <laughs> but uh, High Law, we were influential in getting him in last year, but Leroy Butler, we got to get him into the Hall of Fame. So, yes, Hall of Famers do have um, some type of insight, and they do have some say. As you should, by the way. And um, after you get done with all the people that deserve to be in there, if you guys want to toss me in as one of the five, <laughs> just like number five, that'd be cool. Yes, well, I got to get my man Morton Anderson, man. He's become one of my favorite True. Hall of Famers once he got in. Um, Vinatieri's going to get in, you think? Vinatieri's definitely huh? in. Vinatieri? Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yes, without a doubt. I like to hear that. Ty, what do you got? Chris, with everything going on with Deshaun Watson, do you think there's any way that he stays in Houston? Would you stay? <laughs> I don't know how they're going to make that happen. Like, would you? I mean, I mean – God rest his soul, the previous owners, he let African-Americans know how he felt about them on the previous national, on the national anthem debate. Like, so this is the son of, uh, of the dad who was very opinionated as far as African-Americans and what they should do with the national anthem and the protest that got hijacked and all that type of stuff. If you come to me and tell me, hey, I'm going to have you involved, Hey, you know something? We're going to have another show. Hey, Pat, yeah, you're going to be involved. And the next day they announce who they hired? What type of involvement did I have? He just thought he was doing me a favor, a token, so I'm just a token around here? Mm. Oh, you're going to have something to do with the coach. Well, I didn't have nothing to do with the general manager, so why would I have something to do with the coach? Mm. Well, interview Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy wasn't even on the first list, the, the list they made. So why would you stay? These quarterbacks have so much power. There's so much guaranteed money. Why would you stay in a place where they don't want you? There's other cities out there that would embrace and love to have him. So I believe there's no way he ends up back in Houston. I think so. Not only not only from everything you just stated there, but also the rest of the locker room now at this point. The city, I mean, it's just – it's at the point where I'll be intrigued to see – who gets that head coaching job? Who wants that head coaching job right now? For instance, Jim Caldwell is a guy that I got to play for that I absolutely loved. He was always like this. It was business, business, business. I don't even know if Jim Caldwell is the, the calming voice that could cool it all down, especially with what you're talking about with the owner. That is an intriguing situation. But hey, Matt, Just imagine one day if you had woke up in Indianapolis and they had traded away Marvin Harris. Hadn't talked to Peyton Manning. Oh, trade away Reggie Wayne. Oh, we're just going to trade him away. Because that was the beginning of... Oh, yeah. The bag of balls, the, basically. Yeah. It was for a fourth round or two. It was just like a get the hell out of here. It was, like a get, <laughs> it was a get the hell out of here, too. It was. I mean, that was uns- insane. All right, Nick's got a question for you. CeCe, what's one rule you would like to see the league adopt or change? Adopt? Can I tell you first before you go? Go ahead. So, so you can think a little bit. The XFL's review where the guy was on the Xbox controller and mm-hmm. the people could hear what the reviewer was saying right to the ref. The ref didn't have to run anywhere. He just stood there with the earpiece in and they replayed it and you could see the replay and it was quick. It was efficient. Everybody understood why the thing was and boom, it just moved on. That's one thing I'd like to. Now, hopefully you got some time to see what you would like to change as well. I'd like to see um, the wide receiver force out come back into play because mm. it takes oh. out a spectacular play. We already know that we have the boundary. 
We already know the, the field, how wide it is and everything. But Rogers always talked to me, well, the fan always wants the spectacular play. Well, if you take out the force out, which allows me to make an attempt on the ball and attempt to bring my feet inbound, we bring some of that spectacular back into the game. So mm. wide receiver, the, the force out, the DB cannot just force me out in the air. He has to allow me to catch the football like he normally would do, and then it would be on from there. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, whenever they change that rule and you start seeing corners, by the way, going low and like carrying guys out of bounds, mm -hmm. it almost became a wild tactic. What do you got, Diggs? CC, how much do you love the success of all these young wide receivers coming in the league and immediately having success? And what do you think about some of them who, who dance on logos before the game uh, to build their brand? That's a big Steelers fan there, by the way. Well, I'm just going to tell you, I had warned people on TV that I didn't think Juju Smith-Schuster was the replacement for A.B. I didn't think he had the overall wide receiver ability to be able to dominate, even though he started off with the spectacular season. So I thought there was going to be. And then I started to see how much he loved social media. And nothing wrong with social media. Uh -uh. But I, I like to train my guy. Become an expert at one thing first. And I prefer that to be your craft. I prefer that to be football. And then we'll branch out. We'll work on your brand and everything. But your brand should be undamn good at what I do. They throw the ball in the air. I make magic happen. For you, you put the ball in your hands. You punt it. You kick it. That's what you go. I don't believe in these guys trying to be stars on social media and stuff before they really understand what it means to be a pro and dominate the pro game. So – I've never really been a fan of that. The wide receiver's ability to dominate is what they're teaching at lower levels. We are benefiting from high schools mm. and coaches that are not trying to run the ball now and they're throwing the ball. So they wide receivers are more developed. Colleges, Nick Saban throwing the ball all over the place. Coaches are the passing game is very friendly to them now. So now we're benefiting because in the league, without the bump and run, and wide receivers being a little more developed when they get there, the, them being successful, it is the coming together of a number of things. But I love to see it. I love to see young guys have success. It seems like it's only going to keep growing and growing. And to your point about being good at your job and then doing your social media, a lot of people think that I was loud on social. I didn't have a clue what I was doing until I knew I was good. Then he can make some noise, especially at my position. That's kind of rule number one through ten. Uh, Chris, I can't thank you enough, man. You were electric. I hope we get to do this again. Let's do it, bro. Chris Carter. Yeah! Hey, Chris! Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer yeah. when making love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Should. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. Not if it's going to work. Okay. Uh -uh. You're Before the time you get to the, the shortstop, it's already happened. Good. All right. That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are 
a swipe that comes in a discreet unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door. Then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, mm -hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead and go ahead and rub the swipe on. Uh, it'll it'll dry. It'll not transfer to your partner at all. Nope. And then you just have time of your life. Yeah. GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Jesus. That's GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. No mm -hmm. spaces. Uh, and you can get your first month of swipes for just $5 when you choose a monthly plan. All right. Shout out to Roman. Shout out to you. Shout out to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Insider at ESPN, ladies and gentlemen, Field. Yeah. 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 Hello. Field, what's going on, pal? Not too much. Good to be with you on this uh, day after championship Sunday. Uh, overreaction Monday. Thanks for watching the show, Field. I know you're busy. Let's talk about it, though. Whenever that press conference happens with Aaron Rodgers, you, Mort, Shefty, you guys are all hitting the phones to see what the hell just happened. Does Aaron want out? And what are you hearing? What are your thoughts on this? It's been great conversation. This morning, Shefty and I actually yelled at Dan Orlovsky on television together because of it. What are you hearing? What are your actual thoughts and expectations on this situation? Yeah, so you have to kind of balance two dynamics with Aaron Rodgers' press conference yesterday. The first one is that, as they say, in the NFL, it's a crash landing when your season ends, except for when you win the Super Bowl. And the Packers felt like they were bound to be playing in this Super Bowl based off of the season they put together prior to yesterday. So obviously Aaron's going to be emotional because of the letdown of the loss. On the other hand, as you know, because you interview him every Tuesday – uh, Aaron is so thoughtful with what he says. He's obviously a very intuitive guy, a guy who knows the breadth and sort of the scope of what he says and how it's going to be taken. And while he definitely did not demand a trade yesterday, he definitely did not uh, forecast that he has certainly done in Green Bay. I think there could have been ways that Aaron could have spoken words that would have made us feel as though yeah, he's definitely coming back. He's looking forward to it. I think that the fact that the door was opened a little bit mm. is enough that those of us on the outside now have potentially months worth of speculation <laughs> and fodder to sift through. I'm not 100% certain whether or not Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is happening tomorrow. I was going to uh, ask that. I agree. But I'm not doing any that, – that's not going to be my decision, I don't think. I, I will let other people handle that. Uh, but I think it's trend – and actually, I don't know. I shouldn't even give an entire – trending towards – but I have no idea. I have not – I have not. But we'll see. We'll see how that whole thing goes. But I assume if that happens, I'll ask him, and I'll be intrigued to see how that whole conversation goes because now you immediately have to think to yourself uh, – Whenever that fourth and goal on the eight happened, he also thought to himself, if I was, uh, I don't know, uh, Tom Brady, what, what would happen here? If I was Peyton Manning, what would happen here? If I was Drew fucking Brees, what would happen here? If I was any of these other quarterbacks that their franchises, by the way, uh, want all in on them. Uh, Tom Brady, they went all in. Uh, Drew Brees, they did the same thing. Now Peyton, he went over to Denver and uh, the... He just threw all the touchdowns and everything like that. But if you're if you're Aaron, at what point do you go like, what's the deal here? You know, like why is everything seem to be happening at a different fashion in a different fashion than it has happened to me with everybody else in the same sphere that I'm in? It's very intriguing. It is a very intriguing situation field. If you had a gut 
Okay. Yep. Not that you do. You're in incredible shape, but gut feeling. <laughs> Would it be that you just assume that this is all just kind of blown out of proportion. He'll be back as a Packer next year because I think that's yeah. how a lot of Packers fans feel. Yeah, my my gut would be that Aaron returns to Green Bay for at least one more season for a few reasons. First of all, when the Packers drafted Jordan Love, it's not like they announced their succession plan as a result of it. But that was, of course, the first moment that we started talking about life beyond Aaron Rodgers. If you look at the numbers, you look at the financial implications of trading Aaron Rodgers this offseason, it's very not palatable for the Packers. It would compromise an already tight cap situation in a major way. And if you're trading away Aaron Rodgers, it's not like you're trading him away to receive players that aren't going to count much against the cap. You're either trading him for probably multiple first-round picks or a first-round pick plus a dynamic player or several dynamic players. He's the MVP, at least for this year, after all. So my gut remains that Aaron Rodgers returns to the Green Bay Packers, but you know the NFL offseason is still two weeks away, technically, and it feels like we're going to have the craziest quarterback cycle maybe that we can remember over the past 10, 15 years. There are so many quarterbacks where there are question marks surrounding them, and then there are others, like Matthew Stafford, who we already know aren't going to return to their incumbent teams. Rodgers, of course, moving would be, I would think, the most significant domino if it ever came to pass. My gut remains, though, he stays with the Packers. Okay, I believe the same thing, but boy, it's an interesting conversation. Let's move on to the team that beat Green Bay yesterday. Tom Brady throws three picks in one half. Okay. The other quarterback throws for 346 (laughs) yards in a touch or three touchdowns or whatever. How... How does it happen? Tom just goes in there and just wins. What is it because he makes everybody better in the building? Is it because he's uh, incredibly competitive, like most people in the NFL, by the way, but he takes it to a whole other level. We all understand that. He's 40-some years of age, and he still buys in every single day to play football. So obviously his competition level is very high. What is it you think about Tom Brady whenever we all kind of look back on this Tom Brady era that is going to be discussed most, you think, Field? Yeah, you know what happens often, I think, is that people don't want to accept, and they won't accept. So I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. That's like the coldest take going, right? It's obvious that he is the most accomplished quarterback to ever play the game. Ten Super Bowls is silly. So we can call him the GOAT and refuse to ever debate that. But we can also acknowledge that football is still a team sport and there are still other components that contribute to winning. So in the case of Brady... The defense that he's playing with right now in Tampa is obviously no joke. I mean, it may not have the same number of individual accolades as other defensive units around the NFL, but you've got really three good pass rushers up front, two great linebackers. You've got a secondary that may not be full of household names. Heck, their two top safeties got hurt or were not active for the game yesterday, and yet they still did a great job of at least holding their ground enough against Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned the big numbers, and those are legit. But still, in gotta-have-it situations, the Packers, I'm sorry, the Bucks secondary did an awesome job yesterday. So Jason Light, their GM, if they win the Super Bowl, will remember the maneuver to acquire Tom Brady, a two-year deal worth $50 million. But this has been a long time coming. If you go back and look, and I haven't looked at every single team's draft history over the past four years closely enough, But I do believe that Jason Light's draft track record over the past four years 
is right there near the top of the NFL. You just go draft by draft. There's one, two, three major impact players in each of those drafts. He's done an awesome job building this roster. So certainly Tom Brady is the piston, the engine of it all. But that roster is legit. There's a reason why Tom was attracted to signing with Tampa this offseason. Beyond the money, beyond the location, things like that. Roster control and... Shit, sometimes I just let him coach. <laughs> Anyways, let's move to the other game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he rushed for under 14 and a half yards. Ooh. Don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. Bro, you. I had a rather large parlay. <laughs> yeah. I had a rather large parlay that would have hit if it wasn't for that. But the toe, obviously the concussion protocol was the conversation all week because old buddy got hit in his artery and it kind of knocked him out or whatever. Uh, but the toe became conversation on Sunday, late on Sunday, I believe it became the thing. How did they handle that? Was it just an injection? And do they think that thing will be completely healed by Super Bowl time or will it be something they'll have to manage over the next couple of weeks? I don't know anything about an injection or... Treatment. It happened, yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, um, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I just made that. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, we'll have I would do assume. that with some level of frequency, so it wouldn't be the greatest surprise. But as you know, on the NFL injury report, uh, you don't have to list a player on the injury report with a specific uh, body part unless that is limiting that player from being at 100%. And Patrick Mahomes... It's off the injury report when the Chiefs submitted their final one on Friday. So at least in their mind, from a functionality standpoint, he was basically full go. Uh, it's hard to, well, the 14 and a half yards will stick in the craw for a while. It's hard to look at how Patrick Mahomes played yesterday and say like, yeah, this guy looked like a decidedly hampered player, right? Yeah. He looked kind of like what Patrick Mahomes almost, almost always does look like in the postseason, which is basically lights out. So I think Patrick Mahomes and his toe will be a storyline over the next two weeks because there's only two teams involved and we cover every single angle. But I don't know that it'll be top of mind for me by the time that we reach Tampa in 13 days. Yeah, me neither. They look unbelievable. They look better than they have all goddamn season. I mean, it was... The best. The best. It was unbelievable. It was the... It was the team that we all thought they were going to be the entire season. They were able to win games because that's all they do is win games. But then just like you said, what, how Patrick Mahomes performs in the playoffs, it's like as soon as it becomes something of importance, whether it's a play, a drive, or the whole damn game, it's just like they show up. That's just how it is. Now, granted, they were down 9 nothing and same problems. But not a single person in there thought it was over. No, no they, That thing gets the 14. Nobody thinks it's over. The Buffalo Bills, I'm intrigued to see how they take that next step. That is a good roster, good team. Will they always have to run into Patrick Mahomes? And let alone if Aaron comes down to Indianapolis Colts. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's, that's the – I was thinking about this offseason, which was the best job available of the seven head coaching gigs. And I thought there's a pretty good case for the Chargers being the best one available. But there's one glaring issue with the Chargers job. You play in the same division as the Chiefs in Patrick Mahomes. So for Buffalo, that's the same deal, is that their hump they're going to have to get over is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Because you're right, it's a really good roster. They've got a lot of key pieces already locked up long term. I'm sure Josh Allen's going to have a big old bag of money at some point here soon. He's now extension eligible. Uh, but for Buffalo, there are two dynamics I think you have to keep in mind going forward. One is just until you beat the Chiefs, it's going to be something we talk about. And that's just the way that the world works. It happens in other sports. We've seen it in other leagues. We've seen it within the NFL. Until you beat the person who represents the best, we're going to talk about it. 
And the second thing is just that the Bills went from the Hunters, they'll now be the Hunted going forward, right? They're not the Chiefs in terms of the bullseye on their back, but they're no longer like a feel-good story, a team on the rise. They're a team that's there, and now they got to hold on to those expectations. Miami's going to be good again next year based off of how they played this season and their <laughs> ability. And, you know, you, yeah, all right, so you have some <laughs> uh, And then the Patriots, who knows, right? I mean – I understand this was a down-down year, but in a down-down year, they go 7-9, and nine and they got a huge pile of cap space to potentially be very aggressive in a year when, as we've already talked about, there could be a lot of interesting quarterbacks available. Yeah, I know. I, I, we got, obviously, Boston Connor over there who <laughs> whose eyes just lit up whenever you talk about the cap space. And then I believe what you said was Aaron Rodgers or <laughs> Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. You think – you guys are going to have to build up a lot of other parts of that roster that haven't been proven that they could build up, by the way, mm-hmm. over the years. That's why Tom got the hell out of town. Yeah. Very interesting the way this whole thing's going to shape up. The reason why I gave it to the Dolphins is because do they even have a fourth quarter quarterback? Yeah. Do they even have one? I mean, what are they going to do? Who knows? Well, yeah. Ty, what do you got? Field, I know the uh, dust really hasn't settled yet, but have you heard anything about when the Packers plan to take Mike Patton uh, out behind the woodshed <laughs> and, and end him? He stinks. When are yeah, they going to fire that, that was a tough one to watch yesterday. <laughs> I think, I think, especially early, by the way, right? Especially early. It was oh. uh, the Bucks started the game with, I think it was five straight third down conversions. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like third yeah. and one. It was like third and ten, third, third and, and nine, right? Like yeah. they just kept yeah, doing it and doing it. Um, tough. I, if I'm not mistaken, and I need to, I, I wish I had double checked this. I think there was a time last offseason when the Packers confirmed that Mike Pettin was returning. Mm-hmm. Right, as the defensive coordinator, which when you have to confirm that someone is returning, then it usually is an indication that that person's job was at least discussed, right? So we'll see what happens with Mike Pettin. Um, he was there before Matt LaFleur got there. So as we know, anytime you're inherited as opposed to brought along or hired by the head coach or GM in charge, it's a different dynamic. I don't know if Matt LaFleur has like an obvious next man up succession plan if Mike Pettin were to not return. But I also know that people are going to be asking that question about Mike Pettin going forward. I think you get A.J. Hawk in there calling plays. Why not? Hey, what are you going to do? Nothing. Not going to beat them. Uh (laughs) Connor, what do you got? Yeah, Vanderfield, back to Stafford. Uh, It was reported this weekend that the Niners and the Patriots are the two teams uh, interested. Are there more teams coming to the table now? And then also, what's his asking price? Yeah, so Stafford, I think, will have a long list of teams. And couple of things to figure out with Matthew Stafford is, is part of the deal going to include an extension for Stafford? As of right now, for the inheriting or the acquiring team, it's basically a two-year, $43 million commitment, which is $21.5 million per year. Dropping a buck. That's, like, I, I want to say that would put Stafford in, like, the bottom 12 in terms of quarterback pay amongst veterans, right? $21.5 million is a ton of money for any position except for quarterback. Um, and but if there's an extension involved, <laughs> then you know the price, it's yeah. not quite as cap friendly, which might potentially either drive his value up because you have him for longer than two years guaranteed, or it could perhaps suppress the value that Detroit is able to recoup in a trade because you're not getting a quote-unquote discount for the next couple of years. So uh, I think Indianapolis, to me, feels like the most seamless fit. Uh, they obviously need a veteran quarterback. They have just Jacob Eason on the roster. Oh, dude. Uh, they have 
fucking A lot of guys who are going to need to get paid soon, if not this offseason, Darius Leonard, Quinton Nelson amongst them. But the cap is really well managed. Chris Ballard's always been sharp with that. They have zero traded draft picks going forward. They have every single draft pick to their name going forward. And, you know, coaches or GMs are going to be a little bit reticent to make a big move that might involve a first-round pick if they haven't done it before because first-round picks are coveted, as we know, as the greatest currency in football in some ways, other than a, for a, a top quarterback. Chris Ballard just made a trade for a first-round pick this yeah. past year. Pretty good. And it was the best thing they did along with signing Phillip Rivers last offseason. I mean, DeForest Buckner was worth every snap, every penny that he earned this past offseason. So I'm sure that's part of the mindset for Chris Ballard is that if I know I can get a guy that can raise the ceiling of this team, yeah, first-round picks are nice. But you know what's better? Taking an 11-win team and improving it to 12 or 13 and winning playoff games. Yeah, I agree. Just send a first-rounder and what? A couple Metallica CDs and some pre- <laughs> pre-workout yep. up there. MCDC. That's all we need. Just fucking a couple extra kneecaps, right? Eat that up. No, no, they don't want kneecaps up there. No, 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 Hey, what is the reaction around the league to MCDC, dude? Yeah, well, I think there were some people that thought – like, I'm ready to run through a brick wall for this guy, right? Some it was people, definitely yeah. one of those where yeah. there was no gray or like, there was no middle ground on your reaction. It was either Dude's you're all in <laughs> and you're ready to, you know, buy a, a Lions jersey, a Dan Campbell retro Lions jersey, God, yeah, or you're sitting there and you're like, what is going on right now? Like, I've never seen anything like this. Um, I watched it live and it was like a, a 21 minute opening statement. So did we. Some of these had, yeah, some of these weren't even like. Some of the head coaching press conferences we've seen so far have been like 30 minutes total. Campbell went for 21 minutes by himself. <laughs> Hold on. Field, uh, the, the best part of that is they're an hour into that thing, and the, deep, the Lions PR person comes in and goes, okay, we got time for five more questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that ain't never going to end. Hey, Field, uh, who's going to get the head coaching gig down there in Houston? I heard Jim Caldwell's name's kind of moving up. Uh, I believe that's a guy that makes everywhere immediately better. But from what Mort reported, it doesn't matter who gets the head coaching gig, huh? Deshaun still wants out of there. What if it's enemy? Is, it, is that the same situation? Yeah, I think a couple of names to keep an eye on. Uh, they were discussed yesterday by Shefty, and I've heard similarly is Leslie Frazier, Bill's mm. defensive coordinator, previously been a head coach as well. Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs offensive coordinator. Everybody knows who he is. Um, obviously, we know if he doesn't get a job, there's going to be a lot of conversations again this offseason about what the heck is wrong with the process in finding these head coaches. Um, but you're going to need somebody that is going to have to have the ability to clean up a huge mess right now, which is what it is. God bless and by the way, as you noted, you could have to go to Houston and not even clean up a mess yes, uh, yet. It's going to be like get through the mess because if you have to trade Deshaun Watson because he doesn't want to be there, that's a mess. And then once you do trade him, it's another mess, right? It's You're going to have to answer to a locker room of guys who is probably sitting there thinking to themselves, how on earth could we ever, ever entertain Deshaun Watson being traded or even let it get to that point? That's going to be something that Texans players are going to be uh, very frustrated by. I mean, I know J.J. Watt, as, as we saw in the, uh, the mic'd up moment, said they wasted a year of Deshaun's career. So um, it's fascinating how there are only 32 of these jobs and uh, head coach and GM respectively. And on paper, you would think like that means there's inherent allure to them. 
But this Texans job, man, this is uh, you know, not all these jobs created equally, and this is a good example of one where it may not necessarily be as enticing as others around the league. Field, we appreciate you joining us. We blew right through a break or four, so we got to get out of here. But we appreciate your insight and your conversation. You can check out more with Field Yates as he is the co-host of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Yeah, hell yeah. It's a good, good show. One. Good show. Love it. I love it. And also an NFL insider you can see on ESPN. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, Field Yates. Thank you, Vanderfield. Appreciate you. Joining us is a college football national champion and a Super Bowl champion, a man that was a, I think he's the all-time leading tackler for the Packers. Ladies and gentlemen, out of the Ohio State, A.J. A to the J. J. How's it going? Nice haircut, pal. You look good. Hey, you look good, too, man. I I caught some of the Chris Carter interview. That was good. Hey, what he said about Scotty Miller has (laughs) obviously rippled throughout the internet a little bit, but that's very real in practice. If a Caucasian goes on a deep ball, oh, on some people's heads, there is a massive reaction by everybody. I assume it was like that when CC was in the league. It is like that when I was in the league. And AJ, I would assume it was like that whenever you were in Green Bay. But boy, there's some people on the internet who are not happy about it. <laughs> not happy about it. Well, if you remember going back, I think Jordy even mentioned something like that on this show. He said the DB coach at one point in Green Bay would tell the young guys, he would go in and be like, hey, I'm just telling you, don't sleep on Jordy. Like, get back off of him. Do not take him out of the line. Like, he's going to run by you. And Jordy said, like, there was a real thing. Yeah, imagine the coach coming at, I know what you think, okay? I thought the same thing, too, as did every other DB that's ever been here. That particular white right there, is very fast (laughs) because if you think about it and i'm not saying this is what kevin king did or anything like that and a lot of people tweeted that it wasn't only whites that were beating kevin king (laughs) which is a very valid point Uh, but if you think about it scotty probably looks slower on film than he does in real life you hear people talk about that like you can't recreate the speed in real life from what you see on film i'd assume scotty looks slow on film because he is a white guy So it's a wild scene, but that dude has been going. Your thoughts on yesterday's packers Bucks game? I mean, there was a couple situations there where everybody's asking questions about. Obviously, the fourth and goal, whenever you have the guy down eight with about two minutes left, then right before half, the entire situation. Just your thoughts as somebody who is, you know, pretty well tied to the Packers organization and also the quarterback that uh Spurred a conversation that I'm not sure he thought he was spurred. Maybe. I might be wrong from listening to the whole thing. But just your thoughts on the entire day yesterday as a Green Bay Packer fan. Well, what a weird uh, what a weird game from the start for Green Bay. Obviously, Tampa Bay comes out. They score on the first drive, which is uh, that's what you need to do if you're playing the Packers. You need to get ahead and try to find a way to hold it, which they did. But when you look at it, think about it. Like the, the Bucks. They had, I think, almost almost 10 minutes less of time of possession. They lost the turnover battle. They threw three picks in a row, and they still find a way to win the game. Like That's what just from start to finish, just a weird game for Green Bay. They could have won it for sure, but it was just something was off. Hey, let's, you want to talk? Let's throw another stat in there. Tampa Bay, average drive start, 37-yard line. Yeah. Average drive start for Green Bay, 23-yard line. Now, that was this morning's stats that I did not do. Somebody else did, so I hope those are accurate. (laughs) But it did feel like Tom Brady was two, three first downs away from points 
on a regular basis. And even when the turnovers happened somehow in the places that they happened, there wasn't a short, it, it wasn't a short field. It just was a weird night. It was a very, very weird night. And I'll tell you, and you, you, you didn't answer it there because I asked you like 30 questions. So you try to answer as much as possible, but that fourth and goal, taking the ball out of your guy's hands. Now, listen, Chris Carter alluded to the fact that LaFleur and Aaron or LaFleur was acting like this was a regular season game. Like, hey, you got Mitchell Trubisky on the other side. Like, ah, oh, we'll kick the field goal, we'll get the points, we'll kick it off three and out, we'll get it back, we get a chance now to go down and win the game as opposed to tie the game or whatever. But you 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 should in my eyes, even if there was a thought about it. You call a timeout there. You bring your best fucking play to the table here. This is our entire season on the line here. You go for it. If you don't get it, by the way, guess what? Still down and need a touchdown. And the field position is still set up pretty good here. Let's say you score a touchdown and you don't score the two-point. Okay, you're still in the exact same spot that you were in from kicking a field goal. You need a touchdown. It just, all of it seemed to be quite a, I don't know what what that was. What the hell was that? Rick Flair. <laughs> a fumble of an opportunity there. Three times in the last 115 situations like this has the team decided to kick a field goal. I don't know if any of those other times they had the MVP at quarterback. This just that just seems like a real obviously the hindsight's 2020 and everything and all that shit. But man, that's a wild decision to make, AJ. Well it is, and I, I know there's a lot going on like between the coaches and players and everything, but if you know Aaron after the game, he said like, if I, I didn't know we were going to kick it on fourth down, if I would have known that, maybe I would have called a little different play on third down because I think Aaron even said, like, Matt, let me kind of call that play. So it would have changed his mindset. I think he even said I maybe oh, would have no. drawn up some crossing routes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe he would have taken off and ran if he known if he would have known they were going for a field or if he would have, yeah, if he would have known it was going for a field goal, I guess. It, it just changed his mindset, I think. And I don't know how you communicate that in the headset. Maybe early on before that play, the floor tells him, hey, if we don't get it, I'm kicking a field goal. Like, do you want to put that in your quarterback's head? But he needs to know. It's like just a weird situation you have to find a way to work through. Hey, eight yards. We need eight yards. Mm-hmm. All right? We need eight mm-hmm. yards or we need a three and out against Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that – and by the way, everything in life is risk assessment. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. okay. Everything in life is risk assessment. You know, you're always weighing the pros versus – the cons. You're always weighing, you know, the good outweighing the bad. In in football, those situations have to happen very quickly. I don't know how the good in kicking the field goal outweighed the bads there. I, I, I still don't. And this is the gift of being able to look back on the whole situation. And maybe I have too much respect for Tom Brady and what, what he's been able to accomplish for the last 20 years or so. But that just seems like a mistake. And, I, and it's in the biggest moment, you know? So it's like... It's tough because it was okay, a hell it, of a year, hell of a run by that Packers. Oh, absolutely. Like that's what's tough to see the day after when it just and it comes to a sudden halt like this. The season's over, bam. It's tough to see, like, okay, this was a heck of a year for him, but we know what the expectations are, especially with Aaron at the helm. But if they would have let's say this would have worked, would you would people be calling LeFleur a genius? Well, also, if it works, you're still giving the ball to Tom who only has to go down there and kick a field goal. So mm-hmm. the next question is, did they get down there too fast? Yeah. You know, like there, there's, there's, so many, there's so many layers to it all, and you can only judge off of what did happen. But any of the other results happening, there would have been immediate criticism of because it's the NFL and it's the NFC Championship game, and you have Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback. Speaking of, you know Aaron, uh, you know Aaron a lot better than I do. 
Aaron after the game, obviously competitive. Like I, when I asked him this year why he loved football so much, he's, he, he talked about his competitive drive like three, four times very early. And in, to be in the NFL, you have to be uber competitive. It's just what you have to do. And especially this season with how well he was feeling mentally, physically, and going. For it all to stop immediately, okay? Obviously a much different Aaron. And I've talked about how when we lost the Super Bowl, that locker room was the most miserable place I've ever been in my entire life. Just like everybody understanding how close we were to winning a Super Bowl, and instead it didn't happen, and we never got back from that moment. All the OGs knew that, that that was a potential uh, outcome there. It was so miserable. That locker room after that NFC Championship game, I would assume, was absolutely miserable. He goes in there, does that press conference, and he talks about futures being uncertain, including mine. And as soon as those words left his mouth, I mean the internet which had already started a little bit of a buzzstorm because the Jordan Love draft pick and the year that Aaron's having and everything like that. And I think here, we joked about it a lot. Ty was very pissed off anytime it was mentioned. Ty would always say, well, you wait until the season's over. <laughs> as soon as the season's over, by the way, mm-hmm. it started everywhere. How do you feel about the way Aaron's words have become an absolute firestorm almost everywhere this morning? Well, it, it is funny, I guess, how the reaction that everybody has to it. he, I, I feel like if I would make a guess of what he was saying, he's, he's thinking, hey, it's not it's not exactly up to me. Like, I think he's he was saying, like, hey, I don't know what the team wants to do. I don't know what the front office wants to do. I don't know what the plan is moving forward. So he's like, I don't, I'm not sure what my future holds, even though I am under contract here. And I know people take it many different ways. Uh, who knows? He, he may have – he kind of chuckled too when he even said myself included. So I don't know. Oh, I didn't notice the chuckle there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to run it back like the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> this show stinks, dude. <laughs> I, I was on Get Up this morning. You, did you see me and Schefter yelling at Dan? Oh, you were FaceTiming me while I was doing that, actually. That's right. So you didn't oh, even know I was on there? Yeah, My phone was vibrating while I was yelling at Dan Orlovsky alongside Schefter. But just know, I was out there saying, Aaron can do whatever Aaron wants to do, dude. He is, by the way, in a position, and I think that's why the conversation's so intriguing. He could do whatever the hell he wanted to do. If he came out and said, I want to, there would be teams just ready. Like, oh, what do you need? What do you need, Green Bay? Let's make it happen. And that's why it's so intriguing. Ultimately, though, I don't think anything's going to happen. I mean, how do you either – how do you let the league – the MVP get away? Like, how could you let him well, – Well, Houston's trying their best. Yeah. And uh, the and potential MVP, right? I mean, hasn't won one yet. And then in Green Bay, how do you do it? Like, you, you move up in the draft – you tell your guy, excuse me, fucking pardon me. <laughs> kind of, uh, let's go ahead and warm it up, bub, huh? Maybe go ahead and start thinking about that backup plan. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, uh, maybe you think that's how you do it. And then those seeds kind of get planted. And then the no other moves really make That's how it gets planted. Yeah. See Brady leave and have yeah. success. And you see, yeah, you see Tom get an entire team built around him, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see that type of stuff happening. And then you quickly realize, like, oh, they fucking let an MVP get away. Huh. huh? Probably won't happen, though. I, mean, I don't think so. That would be the world would stop. The sports world would stop. The Green Bay Packers have traded NFL MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers to the Indianapolis Colts today <laughs> for four number one overalls all the way up in, and including 2040 first-round draft pick. Partial ownership as well. Yeah, it would be insane. Matthew Stafford now definitely on the move. 
Uh, that came out this weekend that previously to MCDC even getting hired, the decision was made that they were going to part ways with Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, maybe, we don't know, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott's going to be a free agent if he doesn't get franchise tagged again. I mean, there's going to be some shit popping off here in the offseason. Thank God, especially when you have to have a talk show every day during the offseason. Mm-hmm. Well, when will all this stuff start happening? Like once the league year officially begins? Well, allegedly, there's already been some people who have reached out to the Houston Texans to see what it would take if they were. And people within the Houston Texans organization have started uh, contemplating what it would take to potentially move. Uh, here's a graphic brought to us by Schefter. Schefter, Adam Schefter. Some QBs whose futures are in question. Deshaun Watson. Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Jimmy G, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitchell Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzmagic, Alex Smith, Ben Roethlisberger. Mm. Now, you can take off half of that for, (laughs) you know, like just logical stuff, right, and and things like that. But there is going to be a lot of movement. I I mean, there's going to – Jimmy G, what if you don't think the San Francisco 49ers – one year removed from thinking about potentially bringing Tom Brady back home, don't see that there's potentially a little bit of something going on in Green Bay, and they're not giving a call to to bring the 49ers fan back home. Yeah. Imagine him in that offense. What a wild time that would be. But imagine imagine Matthew Stafford in New Orleans Saints offense or Shanahan's offense. Mm -hmm. Or imagine Goff potentially on the move and Aaron Rodgers in the Rams offense or Stafford in the – I mean, there is a lot of potential. There's a lot of shit that's going to pop off, AJ. Somebody's going to be left out, team and quarterback. But I feel like if you're a high-end quarterback right now, you feel very good about where you are in life. I mean, not that you ever shouldn't, but, I mean, right now, it's a good time to be great at quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's always a good, a good time to be great at quarterback in the NFL. But yeah, true. If you are, what if you're one of, like, kind of – what if you're a middle-of-the-road type QB, though? It's not a great year because there's all the – like, if you think, hey, I might be able to get a starting gig – well, take a look at that list, man. There's a lot of really, really good quarterbacks. Hey, let me tell you, pal. That rookie deal was fun, right? You want to become a veteran? Grab that clipboard, go. <laughs> yep. Go ahead and do what you got to do. Put the little earpiece in. Kind of do the things on uh, in the practice. Need you to make every throw. Need you to do some homework assignments. And then if he goes down, guess what? You might get an opportunity. Go ahead and make the most of it. Teddy B went 5-0. He got $25 million. How about that? That's what you need to do, okay? That's what you need to do. Wild time to be alive. The fucking Chiefs, by the way, looked unbelievable. Man. They looked absolutely They played the best football they've played in a long, long time. And it was just like, yep, we'll do it whenever we want to do it. Now's the time. See you later. Good run, Bills. Ariel Hawani. Now get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what they did, AJ. Yeah, they did. And I know they had some questionable what field goals as well instead of going yeah. for a touchdown to the Bills. Chris Carter said, when he said that they were acting like it was regular season, you do have to be more aggressive, I think, in the playoffs. Like, hey, we got to go win this thing. Okay, We're not just going to be able to hang on. We got to go win this damn thing. Like, there was decisions made in this game. I, I mean, <laughs> geez. <laughs> this was unbelievable to me. This was absolutely unbelievable. They wanted to get it from 17 to 15 for some reason instead of making it to 16. And it's just 16 is two scores, obviously. Two touchdowns, two two-point conversions, 8-8, eight eight, 16. Everybody in football knows that. Okay, let's get it to 16. It's a two-score game. Now it's, it's going to be tough. Okay, we're going to have to make at least four plays. All right, There's, Plus two onside kicks. So you're going to have to at least make six plays here. But we're still in the goddamn – for them to – 
go for two instead of just kicking the extra point made no sense to me. Then I had these dumbasses on the internet last night. They're going to have to get two two-point conversions and an extra point anyways. They got it out of the way. It's like, okay, so you just want to fucking burn your chances of still being in a game when you don't have to? No, it just makes no sense at all. You put that alongside the fourth and goal thing, there's a lot of interesting decisions being made right now in the NFL. Let a, uh, what the hell's going on, dude? But I guess you're playing the Chiefs, like you are potentially going to make bad decisions because they will expose you very quickly. They will expose you. Do we know what, what Warren Sharp has said uh, about them not making it, not trying to take it to 16? Because I've, I've read some stuff too that claim it was the proper move with analytic. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out why it was the proper move. How, well, everybody on the internet was telling me that they needed two, two point conversions and an extra point anyways. So might as well get it out of the way. <laughs> Excuse me? All right, might as well keep yourself out of the game longer. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get us out of the game quicker, man. Let's do it. I didn't fully understand. But when you're playing the Chiefs, now, granted, I was a part of a fake punt against the Patriots. Oh, gorgeous play. That was one of the worst plays of all time. Like, when you're, when you're playing against the Chiefs, you have to play your absolute best game. Josh Allen would have had to play a perfect game yesterday. He would have had to play his best game. Stephon Diggs would have had to do the same. Cole Beasley would have had to do the same. I guess he played through it. A broken fibula. This Damn. Year. Jesus. Okay, Cole Beasley. What? It happened. You know what it happened during the interview? Oh. Whenever oh. he got up, they fucking hit him with that steel mill or whatever was happening on the other side after our interview. But they would have had to play their best game, I think. And they did not. And the Chiefs did play their best game they've had. Patrick Mahomes is all the way back, by the way. Travis Kelsey seems to be on guard. That team is awesome to watch whenever they're going. They were able to make the game look easy, and they muffed a punt and gave the ball to the Bills like on the two. Yeah, yeah. The people, they were down 9 nothing. Just to see you later, no problem. What is it, the playoffs? Yeah, does that matter? No, it's the Chiefs. <laughs> Brett Favre says, what's that face for, AJ, as soon as I said Brett Favre says? Jeez. I didn't make a face. I was, I'm curious. I can't wait. I don't know what he said. <laughs> There's no way the Packers would do anything jeopardize losing air. Brett Favre says, you shouldn't put too much stock into Aaron Rodgers' post-game press conference after another NFC Championship loss. That was on uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio here recently. Brett Favre's talking about it. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. Don't even put too much stock in it. Yeah, You're I'm good. fairly certain that Brett Favre doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Whoa! Yeah, I mean, yeah, thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. I'll sleep a lot better tonight knowing wow. you know that's coming from you. Oh, what is that? Wow. He's a Packers fan. Yeah. You're a Packers fan. You? Because, well, listen, I love Brett Favre. Okay. I do. And also, by the way, this is post-NFC championship loss here for time. It is. Yeah. Still grieving. Is. Fair. But, I mean, Favre fucking interjects himself at every corner when it comes to Rodgers and, you know, drama or whatever. It's like, hey, listen, Brett, we don't need you fucking stirring the pot, all right? Just put the Wranglers on and go throw the, the football with Jerry Rice in your backyard, all right? Leave, leave Aaron's name out of it, okay? Let him have some time, for Christ's sake. Ty saying we need a oh. copper muzzle. Yeah, exactly. Copper fit muzzle. Get him on. Hey, I like to... To defend Brett a little bit, Ty, like Thank they you. come to him, they ask him. Don't you, you think they 
I think he even does a show on Sirius mm-hmm. still. They they come. They have. They're, obviously, they're going to ask him what you. How do you feel about this situation? And Brett was very nice to us too. Yeah. Brett was nothing but nice to us. I mean, I watched him hit a seven iron, maybe two hundred ninety yards with his Popeye arms down yeah. there in the Bahamas. <laughs> he bombed a ball. Was very nice to us and everything like that. Here's you. I and mean, he, he told us a story. He, he did. did. He did. did tell us a story. But I on. wasn't there for that. You were. <laughs> I don't think I was. Yes, you. You're up. blacked out. I might have been blacked out. I might not remember. <laughs> But, I mean, I do remember thinking, you know what, everyone's kind of just leaving Brett alone at this thing. I'm going to do the same thing. I wanted to go up and talk to him, tell him how much I loved him. I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to do it. So instead you say, hey, Brett, don't need your ideas. (laughs) Yeah. It's quite a different way of going about it. What are you going to do? Like I said, I mean, he's he's been saying this stuff all year, just adding fuel to the fire. We don't need it the day after a back-breaking loss. He's saying there is no fire. Don't worry about it. Well, that's what everyone says, though. Hey. Brett says it, so it must be true. I'm not so sure about that. Jesus. Still love you, Brett. Guess what, though? You sure? The truth is nobody knows anything but the people making the decisions. Exactly. Whoever's the front office there. You think it's just front office? You don't think Aaron knows? Yeah, no, Aaron. There's no way Aaron knows. No, he, Aaron knows how he feels about the situation. He has no idea probably what they're thinking. I'm sure they're, they're like the front office now. Now they go into like, oh, self-scout mode. What are we going to do moving forward from here? So if there is something is going to happen, they're going to start talking about it. Jordan Love didn't pan out. We need to know what maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe ask Rogers what he wants for one. Yeah. Oh, hey. wow. If you want to keep the guy, maybe do that. Hey, huh. hey, let's pull our swords down, huh? Maybe offer a lifetime deal, $30 million a year. $5 million more than what Tom and Drew just said. Maybe $35 million because, mm-hmm. you know, just – Lifetime, whatever you need to do, Aaron. Try to write a couple wrongs. What, uh, what free agent wide receiver would you like, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Would you like uh, us to potentially do that? You want Aaron Jones back? Sure, pal. Come on, pal. MVP, stay on. Now, I will say Aaron Jones, yesterday, rough outing for the guy. Yeah, yeah he's probably not coming back. Those are two really good shots at the ball, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are two really good yeah. tackles. Right on the crown. Mm-hmm. I, you got to give the Bucks defense a lot of credit, man. Did you see they tried to run? A very similar play that Devontae beat, uh, or you know, Jalen Ramsey in the little pick route. They ran it. He faked it open. He didn't come back for the motion. They tried oh, to yeah. get him, but the Bucks had it, man. Like they, they had that and the Aaron Jones play to start the second half. I was watching. I see him going across the field. I'm like, oh, okay. They dropped him. I thought he was going to drop him, be wide open, have a lot of win- a lot of area to run. Oh no, they got the old. What was it the safety or corner came up and caused that corner. <laughs> So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, Six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The People at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. You know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. 
Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel, shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Somebody just tweeted. Uh, Gumpy found this on the internet. Gumpy, who, who'd you get this from? The Spotrack. Spotrack. A lot of contract stuff. I believe that's sport and tracked for contracts. Oh. Spotrack. I do oh, think so. Okay. S-P-O-T-R-A-C. I believe we have all wondered what it meant and what it was for a long mm. time. The vitamins I'm currently on put that together. <laughs> maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. Good strength. But they are who we go to for contract information. It seems like they know what's going on. If Rodgers is traded, once again, we do not believe that this is going to happen. Oh, no. We don't think it's happening. But for the, the sake of the fodder of it, Potentially happening. If Rodgers is traded, the numbers above pretty much stay the same with the condition of the $6.8 million ro- roster bonus. If Rodgers demands a trade, he'll want it done immediately, meaning the Packers will be stuck with the $31.5 million dead cap charge, which is a huge problem. Jeez. So oh, yeah. they can work with the new team and Rodgers to make this easier on them. Maybe, but probably not. I'd again recommend the Packers convert the $6.8 million roster bonus into an immediate signing bonus, spread that over the next two seasons, and wait to process this trade until June 2nd. This means a $16 million dead cap charge in 2021 and a $21.7 million cap hit in 2022. It doesn't seem like it's straight happening, by the way. Just the more and more details you look Mm -hmm. into it. Shout out to Spotrack there. Um, Ty Schmidt had a doctor's appointment. Uh, T's and P's. Tear his heart. Broken. Yeah. They're going in there with stitches. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Going in there with, uh, like, like a quilt. Oh, yeah. Knitting. That's what they're doing Put to get his heart back together. Yeah. Like Ted. Damn shame. Like Ted. Gumpy will join us at the table. Um, let's overreact, shall we? AJ, there was some overreaction on Twitter. I'd like you to uh, maybe get your, your thoughts on this whole thing. Let's do it. I'm going to see. I saw it trending. I think it was number one, right? I don't know if it got to number one. I mean, I saw it at three. <laughs> Took a large, large grumpy. Came back. Wasn't trending anymore. I was like, we lost it a little bit. <laughs> but it's time for my favorite segment of the week. I don't want to overreact, but... This is my favorite segment because it's the only one we really do. I give out a bird call to people to overreact about what happened in the NFL. This week, it was obviously awesome. Foxy, let's roll with this thing. Uh, this is from Michael Boyd. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but at Ariel Hawani has now become the ratings killer, and Tone Diggs has to watch Lev Bell and AB play in the Super Bowl while his team has all become TikTok stars. Oh, oh, oh. It, Shout out Michael Boyd for being original and creating this his, on his own. Um, uh, Oh, I do not have to watch either of them play because neither of them will. So, well, Antonio Brown will play. I do assume you will have to watch him, even though last night he was not in and Lev Bell did not play. Freeloader. Hey, was was Lev Bell active? I don't know. No, wasn't even he, talked he, about no, he was out in his knee. Wasn't uh, even talking about it. Thirty-one Williams is uh, a yeah. hell of a player. So he pl- he played with Alaire at LSU, right? I have no idea. Yeah, Williams did. Oh, really? Yeah, they played together. Oh, good for them. Because I did see CEH pumped up for him on a side. They say on a broadcast. Yeah, you got to like that. All right, let's get to the next one, Foxy. It's from Corey Frank at Frizzle7. Frizz L7. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but Josh Allen's entire career will be losing to Patty Mahomes and will never make the Super Bowl. That's going to be a tough road. AJ Hawk for the Buffalo Bills and the Bills Mafia. 
Yeah, it is. Is it almost like being Phil Mickelson and then Tiger Woods comes along? Yeah, Peyton, what? too, by the way. You can yep. say Peyton with Tom and that New England team. I mean, at some point, you know, Powerade's going to happen. You know, Gatorade's going to go. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. That's just the, the way, way it is. is. But maybe Josh Allen can flip the script. He took a massive jump from last year to this year. Next year, will they take that big step for Bills Mafia? They will love it. Let's go to the next one. Uh, this is from Tyler Werner. See that? Oh. See what I did? Yeah. Because your W's are V's. Wow. Yeah. Nine is what some people would say. Uh-huh. But I say, yeah. At Sailor Tide 9, hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but it looked to me like Mike McCarthy was coaching the Packers yesterday. Oh, Big Mike. AJ, you take that as a shot at LaFleur or what? I take that as a shot at, at Big Mike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Also quite a shot at LaFleur, you know. <laughs> quite a shot at LaFleur to say, hey, <laughs> what are we doing here? So, yeah, I guess it is ultimately one massive punch to the face of Mike McCarthy. Yeah, ricochet there. shots. Yeah. Matt McCarthy is, I think, what he was uh, alluding to. Well, I, I don't know if he was talking about any of <laughs> Let's get to the next one, please. <laughs> Andy Hunsucker, he's a Ph.D., <laughs> This guy's a doctor at Andy J Retro. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but it's interesting that there wasn't a single pass interference call until the exact moment Tom Brady needed one to seal the game, AJ. A lot of that conversation because the Aaron Rodgers interception, there was a clear little little grab-and-pull pick. Then you get it on that play, which, by the way, everybody on the internet has that picture. Diggs uh, tweeted it out of the hold, but it's like, are we comparing that to what's normally called or what was called throughout the entire evening? I think that's why everybody's kind of of losing their shit about it aj yeah it's the timing of the call and and then once they play it back and you see him grabbing like unfortunately he got his undershirt and so it stretched out and it was long even though it didn't really restrict him it still got him so i guess that's why the, the flag came in so late i think that's another big issue people have with it yeah the ref saw it looked at it the play happened and then he threw the flag he had already looked away from what happened for sure okay and that's how the game ends and it's tom brady winning and people are going to question it we have a leak in our roof. <laughs> Jesus. Water is just dumped down on the light right above the television. Oh, and it just, head right, no, 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 it didn't even happen. It just kind of came Rainy. down. And it is coming down outside right now. I'm blinded by the light. I so can't see it. I apologize. That's exactly where it hit, by the way. Yeah. There's that whole light there. Jeez Louise. Wow. We should get out of here. We potentially are. City Council <laughs> Pat. Anyways, let's get to the next one. Jesus. <laughs> I want to overreact. But. Graham K. Alexander at GK Alexander 6. Never taken Pat's boosts again, and Tom Brady will have another ring in 14 days. I will say that the boosts were very chilly. I mean, maybe the coldest weekend I've had with the boosts. Betting-wise, didn't do too bad. Mm-hmm. But the boost mm. is, is become a problem. And obviously, the Chiefs did. They're part of the whole thing. Oh, yeah. The Packers did not, and the Red Wings lost to a, a winless Blackhawks team <laughs> on Friday night for the Open of Michigan in FanDuel, and Conor McGregor got knocked out in oh. the second round as opposed to getting a knockout in the first two rounds, which I boosted. So rough weekend for me gambling, but I do believe we could say um, – I'm going to get the next one. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to get the next one. Next right. one your, your boosts were very, very hot when you were doing single game, and you were like, this is getting boring. It's way too easy. People aren't making enough money off mm-hmm. of it. So you started doing like eight-team teasers, five-team parlays. Like, let's try to win, win the lottery. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to parlay every game that's happening shouldn't this week. Yeah, that's what I said. Shouldn't, shouldn't be held against. It's not your fault. I shouldn't be doing that. I was looking out for people to get Correct. that boost even bigger. Correct. But in turn, I did lose a lot of money. <laughs> so I want to let you know, even though – the Super Bowl is next, and I will not be going back to the basics. 
I will tell you next season, I will go back to the basics. Well, with the Super Bowl, it's only one game. Of course, I'm going to be boosting heads or tails. Of course, I'm going to be boosting the national anthem over under because we do real research around here. Diggs will watch every national anthem that person singing national anthem has ever sung Mm -hmm. with a goddamn stopwatch Mm -hmm. and we will hit that over under we will guess the gatorade properly we will boost that we will get the chiefs to win probably of course as a boost we we will do all these things but next year only one bet each week is what i need to stay i will say this year is going to be tough because it's a duet so it's going to be longer it's going to be longer because it's like the voice when they battle yes (laughs) (laughs) my turn And then this one. (laughs) It's happened. Oh, yeah. Okay? That's what humans do, especially on the biggest stage on earth. They're going to carry some. That's gonna. That's a over for sure. But the sports books are doing the same thing we just did. Yeah. They've watched the voice as yeah, well. Yeah. We're gonna have to do real math there, Diggs. Whenever mm-hmm. we boost the hell out of that. Speaking of, uh, we will be live for the two hours leading up to kickoff, national anthem, coin toss, uh, Super Bowl Sunday in our FanDuel countdown to kickoff celebration yes. on the big game Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. We will have special guests. We will have great conversation. This is the first time AJ is learning of this right now. <laughs> we secured it. <laughs> AJ. AJ. Am I supposed to take part in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh. that was the announcement, was the invitation to you. No. It just got locked in before we went live on the show today. I feel like a two-week buildup is the right thing to be doing because we want to make this celebration big, AJ. Woo. We want to be – we want balloons, festa balloons. Yeah. We want big guests, big conversations, big predictions, gambling odds, this and that. We are going to count down to kick off in a celebratory fashion of the 2020 NFL season coming to a full conclusion. Yeah! Oh, yeah. Super show. Super show. Super show. Super show. Super show. Yeah. Yeah, we're having a super show on the big game Sunday. AJ, will you be there? Two hours before kickoff, is that what you're saying? Yeah, 4.30-ish to 6.30-ish is where we'll be live. We'll also be live on Sirius XM. Ooh, Ooh. let's go. Yeah, yeah, so two hours. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's go, AJ. AJ! 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 I didn't even have to check his calendar. Let's fly together. Uh, Two weeks from now, I don't... In the modern world, do people schedule two weeks out things? Nah, no. no way. Nah. No way. <laughs> two hours. Usually. Maybe not, not here, but yeah. In the real world, dicks, will you stop fucking like that? We love this. Oh, I'm so cool. Two weeks a long time. A lot of things can change, but we are planning as of right now, this moment, two hour lead into the kickoff of <laughs> the big game on Sunday. Hey, who, so who was the duet? Who's singing? Uh, it is Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. You know what? Eric Church, very humble, right? Has those glasses yeah, that's on. true. Who knows? Maybe he won't. Maybe he won't. I don't got to do a break. Yeah, but Maybe he won't battle it out. Mm. I've never seen uh, – I've seen a little bit of the voice. I've never seen what you displayed earlier. Do they do, they do that? They stand next to each around. other and just scream? It's yeah, a bat around, dude. dude. Fucking Come learn on. television. Yeah, Wake <laughs> up. You watch zero – television programs but you know the voice in depth for some reason listen i also know the big show too you're, you're the go big show i know that show too i want to let you know i'm all in on yeah. that i watched it watched a lot the go big show yeah i did 
I know. Have you game. ever watched anything that wasn't like a thirty-second clip on your phone? <laughs> yeah. hey, you're watching that spy doc. Yeah. Said, that, huh? Listen, this weekend I had a big watch weekend. I did the Tiger Doc on HBO. Worth it, by the way. Okay. Not a Tiger burial. Everybody's oh, it's still just raining into this room right now. We have big problems. We're gonna have to oh, deal with as soon that. as the show ends. By the way, but the Tiger thing. Everybody's talking about Tigers. People didn't like it or whatever. And everybody thought it was gonna be a burial. I thought it was gonna be a burial. Nick watched it. Nick, not a big Tiger guy. Nick told me. It actually gave me a lot more respect for Tiger after watching it. I think it was, uh, I think, I don't know why Tiger's people didn't want it because it did cover uh, some, but boy, learning about one of the greatest of all time in everything and anything was really, really cool. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I loved it. It, it showed that his relationship with his dad, like the oh. whole, how he grows up. I think they didn't like that. It's like when his, the guy, his dad's buddy came on and said, he's not going to like this because they talked about his dad. You know, taking people into an RV outside the what practice range, things like that. What happened? Cocktails, baby. He was uh, allegedly, according to this documentary, uh, Mr. Woods Earl. Slapping yeah. cheeks. All around time. Oh, yeah. Man. All around time. Yeah. Can Alleged- I clear up this slander statement that I'm not a big Tiger guy? I love <laughs> Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. I hate Tiger. Uh, I hate Tiger. I hate I would never lie. You know that. It seems like champion, champion of truth. truth. Oh, for truth? Yes. Gumpy's the one who got the mix up. Ooh. So now it's implanted in there. And now, see, this is just, it's I, just spinning, I, snowballing I, out of proportion. I can't, I can't argue with He's a with champion your truth, of truth. Dude. But anyways, I also watched a spy special on Netflix. I learned that the Russians have just been. You ever see the movie Inside Man? Denzel Washington? Oh, classic. Yeah. Okay, so you know when they send the pizzas in? Oh, yeah. And there's like just like a microphone on there or whatever. Uh-huh. And then on the message out from the thing. I didn't know that that's like actually happening on a very regular basis. This spy thing, I guess people are just, but we planted, I guess, a microphone in a bullet to shoot it to a place we couldn't get to, to implant in the wall so we could listen to what was being talked about. The Russians got this guy's goddamn dress shoe, undid his heel, put a microphone in his heel, put it back in there, and they were recording this guy for like a decade or something like that. They, he, they The one uh, ambassador to Moscow got this big-ass wooden, like, bald eagle thing. Okay, like a gift. Damn. And he put it right behind his fucking desk, this thing. Of course. Oh, had wow. great finish on it. Yeah. Before it got to the son of a bitch's office, the Russians cut it right in half, put a microphone. That thing was a was basically like one yeah. of them earphone things. Trojan horse. Modern day Trojan yeah. horse. A decade. They were sitting across the street just listening to everything they were doing. This is happening right now. The Cold, KGB, Cold man. War was a was quite a time for innovation. Yeah. You, you get some vitamins and start watching that. I'll tell you what, it, it gets, I was looking around the house. They talk about sleeper cells? What's that? Sleeper cells. That's why if you ever watch the Americans, you'll be, it'll you learn everything. Yeah. They dive into the old KGB in the United States of America. It is quite a watch. Wow. Yeah. Maybe I don't watch it. Not you should yeah. I don't want to know. I go home and come here. Yeah. Assuming, <laughs> assuming the Chinese are probably doing that as well. And then I watched something else too that was pretty good. Anyways, let's get back to the overreactions. <laughs> back to the segment. Uh, Hunter Andrews at Keep D Change 18. Hashtag Pat, I don't overreact, but NFL officiating is fucking terrible. Very interesting. I think that goes back to the past interference call we were alluding to before the FanDuel countdown to kickoff celebration announcement, which is happening two hours before Super Bowl uh, on YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show and also Sirius XM. Big guest, big guest, big guest. Big guest that we've already locked in for sure. For sure, for sure. 
But that fucking call, it's an interesting call to end the game. NFC Championship, all eyes on it. I mean, that was very interesting. And I, I would never claim to be a ref or understand the situation they're in. But, boy, that seemed to be a bit aggressive there. And it seemed like it took three or four seconds after the play for the flag to come in from 25 yards back. Like, that's another thing I think people are, are really upset about. Hey, they they were letting the men play out there. It, there was, it was a lot cold. Of- he probably had mittens on. It's hard to – Get the flag and throw it. True, especially with nah. how tight it is packed in there. Let's get to another one, Fox 8. Last one. This is from uh, Converix Gaming. Uh, Converix. That water's just <laughs> dripping on that thing. Hashtag Pat, I don't overreact. But Stephon Diggs is going to be on a mission next season and get the Bills to the promised land. This photo says it all. AJ, how'd you feel about Stephon Diggs staying out there and watching the celebration and kind of embrace the whole thing? Drink it down, soak it in. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I feel like his location is kind of weird. You could have sat on the bench. Or you could have. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Oh. I feel like when you I've lost a couple NFC Championship games. It sucks. It's awful. But I don't know if watching it would give me any more motivation or or make me any more upset. I'm sure you would be more upset. But yeah, I don't know. Everyone's motivated motivated differently, man. I guess Diggs and we see this happen a lot with different people. He just wanted to embrace it. You know, see what he was missing out on. I. I I wouldn't do it, obviously. I appreciate that he did it, though. Whatever the self-motivation that you need to get to the next thing. My favorite moment after the games uh, was when Tom Brady called his kid down. Oh, Come on down here, Jack. All right. Give me a hug. While he's whispering in his ear, you know, like, uh, hey, listen to that. You hear that? That's all the souls in Green Bay leaving their bodies. <laughs> like, I wish he would have been saying that to his kid. This is what it's like to go into somebody else's house and just stomp all over their couches. You just watched your dad take the happiness from an entire <laughs> fan base. Come on down here. Drink it down. Soak it in. I wish that was that. Obviously, that's not what happened. Okay. Love you. Happy you're here to see this, that whole thing. But I wish Tom would have had that teaching moment that maybe me as a father would have had. I saw your tweet. I mean, it made sense. Like, what, what if Tom did say something kind of like what you you? Oh, it'd be about? awesome. That would be so. He's obviously mic'd up, so we will hear that at some point. I would assume Tom, and it, he would have to okay NFL Films to release it and all that stuff. But that is going to be a great piece, that whole thing. I would assume Tom's kid saw him throw a fade to Drew Brees' kid <laughs> last week, and there was potentially a little conversation that happened. On the opposite end, that Packers security guard should have been like, you know what, Tom, no, fuck you. How about I mean, no? Talk to him after. All right, yeah. buddy? You want to see your kid lose a game? let's get some phone calls here before we wrap up the day overreaction monday after championship sunday has been fantastic i mean aaron Rodgers is going to demand a trade whoa that was the overreactions today (laughs) that was what was going on today rogers to the colts it was unbelievable he's coming to the colts yeah sean in texas what are your thoughts what's going on mr pat how you doing not too shabby sean what do you want to talk about mitch God damn it, Mitt. John from Texas, not Sean. John. Mitt. Come on, Mitt. I mean, that is close, though. I mean, John and Sean is yeah, close. Yeah. And you know, I'm not, I'm not that upset about it. But, uh, yeah, I called today, Mr. Pass, to say that um, LaFleur is a stooge. Mm-hmm. When you have 12 in the backfield and you don't have too many yards to go with the game on the line, you put the ball in his hands. I think that Aaron needs to go somewhere where he will be trusted in those situations. I think Aaron needs to come on and put on the black and gold. Oh, geez. John in Texas, big Steelers fan. I forgot about that. Imagine him in Pittsburgh. The people of Pittsburgh would love Aaron Rodgers. 
They would. Would Aaron love to be there? Like, who's going to be there to throw to next year? Juju's, Juju's not, is he? Juju, yeah, dude. Really. Chase? Well, Claypool and Deontay. And Fucking Derek Watt? More than <laughs> what the... <laughs> J.J. Watt, probably? No, yeah. no, 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 He can throw J.J. does play tight end yeah. and fullback. Mm-hmm. Watt touchdown. And also Derek Watt. Yeah, exactly. A two Watts to throw to. I mean, right. maybe three if you didn't want to play T.J. Backer. Oh. oh, he might be a cap category. Who? Derek Watt. Oh, oh you, think, you think T.J. Watt's brother's getting cut? You are out of your mind. Oh, yeah. Played like two plays this year. On Big plays, though. Yeah. You say he brought the hammer. Like tackle. Oh, the hammer. I'm going to get shit for talking shit on a Watt. It's a... Yeah, you are. Yeah, but things, it feels like at this point, though, that's really what you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. That's business, you, you usually bury yourself. Yeah, let's, here go to, let's go to Eric in Virginia. <laughs> Eric, what's going on, pal? Hey, what's going on, Pat? How are you and the boys doing? Hey, not too shabby, Eric. What do you want to talk about? Hey, man, I just wanted to talk about – so about Aaron Rodgers here at the end of the game. Uh-huh. You know, of course you put it in the MVP's hands at the last eight to go. I feel like LaFleur had zero confidence at, in him because he went three and out two times. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, thank you, Eric, for calling that. It did seem like LaFleur had a little bit of doubt in this guy, didn't he? It seemed like Eric LaFleur didn't understand that the MVP was playing quarterback. And that's what some people would take away from that whole thing. And if, if I was... You know, Aaron, you could see how he could potentially think that this morning. Like, how did they not want me to have the rock in the moment? Maybe I didn't go ahead and shoo the field goal team off because if that doesn't work, by the way, I'm going to be hated forever. But thinking about it now, how did they not just give me the ball with eight yards to go in two minutes, the whole thing? So I, I could see how Aaron could think that. But I would assume there's some analytics department that said that was the right decision if you thought your D could get a stop. I, I started thinking about head coaches in the NFL and offensive coordinators watching that happen. Be like, wait, you got Aaron and you're, you're going to kick the field goal? They're like, you see who I've been trying to get score points for weeks and weeks now? Like, I'm not going to have a job anymore. If I had Aaron, I, I would never take the ball out of his hands. Like, I'm sure there were some upset coaches. We are dying to get to the eight-yard line. Okay? <laughs> yeah. We are dying to get there, let alone with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you're, you're going to assume that there's going to be some conversation about LaFleur making that decision. Best you know? red zone offense in football all year long. Yeah, they just they had plays, by the way. Gold zone died. Gold gold never gold died. I love gold. I mean, that was their whole thing. That was their whole thing. Your whole thing was what the season was on the line with your thing. Mace, go kick. But you don't get it, and then you stuff them on the eight-yard line. You get the ball back at the 50 with a chance to tie it again. Yeah, and if you score and you miss the two-point conversion, you're in the same exact position that you would have been. I mean, it's just – let's go to Ben in Michigan. Ben, what's going on, pal? Hey, Pat and the boys. How's it going? Hey, just hanging out. What do you want to talk about? Hey, so I want to talk about the uh, UFC fight on Saturday and how ESPN Plus trashed. Mm. I need some confirmation. Uh, do you think AJ had too many hawks in the nest, and that's why ESPN Plus crashed? Oh, oh. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. It, it is It is wild that that <laughs> happened, <laughs> because it is It is only with you that it happens. I mean, granted, Zoom is a, a cool app, a cool platform that has connected a lot of people in a time where we needed it, and uh, Francesa told us to invest in it a year before the quarantine happened and all that. But the quality is terrible if you're looking to do a show because the the sound is nowhere near what the face is because they're not trying to be high quality. They're just trying to put people in rooms together. Hey, let's just see some people here. Let's go ahead and make something happen. So the quality is terrible. So normally you do a FaceTime. It's, I don't know, 10 to 20 times better for all parties involved. 
But every time we FaceTime with AJ, it does seem like there's a chance it's going to go ahead and go down. And I think every time that happens, I go, is it AJ's fault? Is it our fault? If it's our fault, we look like a bad show. Like, that can't happen, all right? Mm -hmm. We're an internet show. That can't happen. ESPN Plus not being able to be able to hold that, that's a bad look for the ESPN. Like, I think that's a bad look for ESPN. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they did get hacked by the hackers that they called fuckers in the press conference or if they just weren't able to contain everybody that came on there. But it's a bad look, AJ. It it was a Conor McGregor fight. I I, want to see the numbers when it comes out, but I highly doubt like that there was double the viewership that they thought was going to happen. They had to know and, and plan for this. So I think it could be like, yeah. Could be some of these guys. Maybe Dana stirred up a few uh, hackers that were upset. Like, like, oh, he's coming after us. And so they all just tried to slow them down. Speaking of yesterday, let's dive into it. At Tone Diggs is here. At Boston Connors here. Ty is here. Zito is here. The big conversation right now, boys, is is Patrick Mahomes stoppable whenever Patrick Mahomes wants to – not be stoppable. It is unbelievable the ability to turn it on and turn it off. Travis Kelsey could have caught, uh, if the game was longer, maybe 70 to 75 balls if he wanted to. They're running that zone against Patrick Mahomes. And I was talking to a couple people this morning. Can't run zone against Patrick Mahomes, right? Because they'll be able to find people that can just pick it apart. There are zone beaters. And Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are basically the two um prototypes of zone beaters okay Travis Kelsey can just sit underneath while Tyreek Hill can stretch your zone or come underneath and get yardage after that whole thing and Tony Romo was pitching three down linemen with Milano following him or whatever and everybody else sitting back in kind of an umbrella coverage and maybe that would have worked but I struggled to see how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be able to do what nobody else has really been able to do while Patrick Mahomes and these boys have been together, and that's stopped them from getting a win. Although I do believe the way Pierre Paul has been playing and Fisher out and Vita Vea is back, and he did cause some problems yesterday, even though he didn't play the entire game, I feel like the Chiefs were were right in the middle. You go back, what, 20 years for that Patriots thing, and I don't know if anybody was telling anybody, like, hey, 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 hey. Hey, fuck, pay attention, okay? For the next, like, 19 years or so, these motherfuckers are going to do this thing, and they're just going to run it back and run it back and run it back. And you're like, no, not possible. It's like, yeah, I agree, not fucking possible. Not supposed to be possible. The way parity is, what the way draft is, what salary cap, everything like that, especially if you lose in the Super Bowl, the odds of making it back to the Super Bowl before the Patriots and the Bills team, I guess, of the fall back in the day, was so low, so hard to go back. And the Patriots were able to do it back to back to back. And all anybody wanted to do was throw rocks at things that shine. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think we should be enjoying the shit out of this Chiefs dynasty that we're about to see. And I think they win the Super Bowl ultimately. But I got a lot of friends down in Tampa that are like, hey, we're playing football at a different level right now. Have a little bit of respect. And I can respect that, especially after the big win yesterday in Lambeau. The only way I see Mahomes getting stopped is potentially just like when Brady threw 50 touchdowns the year that they were going up against the Giants going in the Super Bowl. And the Giants had that package where they got to Brady. And the Bucks, who have Shaq Barrett, who have Sue, who have Vita Vey, who have JPP, and then the Chiefs. Oh, Fish- Sue. I completely forgot about Sue. He doesn't have a Super Bowl, and here he is. Uh-huh. Fish- I completely forgot about Sue. <laughs> Fisher's out. Schwartz is out, who is their starting tackle. Assemble was out. Duver- Duvernay Tardif is out solving COVID. So In that's, Canada, by the way. So that's four, I believe, of their starters from last year's Super Bowl. So the only way, maybe, maybe, 
is if they get pressure on Mahomes. But which, by the way, could that's how you get them. By the way, is your front four have to be able to create pressure, yeah. but then you have to keep them in the pocket because if he gets outside the pocket, he extends the play. If he extends the play, ain't nobody can keep up with Tyreek Hill. That thing yesterday to Tyreek Hill where he cut it back, wild. Oh. And we talked about it earlier. Josh Norman was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> shit. Everybody, there's a there's a couple plays from Tyreek Hill's career where you turn it on and you think to yourself, how is that human? That human. You know what I mean? Like how amongst all the best athletes in the, how is that particular human? The one that does it. There's a game against new England, I think where he caught like a, a comeback route yeah. and there was three people around him and he ran backwards and then just around it. And they wouldn't have touched him if it was flag football or two hand touch. Oh. And it was in a literal phone booth. Last night was one of those things when he cut it back and I thought he was going to do it two different times. The one he went out of bounds yeah. and ended up getting yeah. tackled that one where he cut it back and went for it. Like that's quite an X factor for you. And it almost feels like Tyreek Hill is always on. Yeah. Like, do, do you remember a time where you're like, you know what? Tyreek Hill, bad game. I don't think so. Nope. At least since he's got those gloves that have the peace signs on them, it, it, it feels like he has been on every game. He's, it feels like he's always going to be good. And Travis Kelsey, always going to be open, it seems like. It was kind of funny last night because Hardman had the muff punt, and then he had a few big plays after that. And then uh, uh, Tyreek Hill had the drop on the first drive, I believe it was. It was a uh, third and three, and then they went deep to him and he dropped it. But then after that, he absolutely took off as well. Yeah. It's just, and by the way, you're going to get so many shots at it because the way Andy Reid's offense is, is like, hey, here we go. We're going. How about Williams coming in? Yeah. Yeah, he's running he's hard. Stuck. Clyde Edwards Alaire comes in. They give him a couple. Okay, no, we're going to go back to our undrafted guy. He runs his ass oh. off out there. By the way, good for Steelers fans. Lev Bell and Antonio Brown both in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. wow. Congrats. Yeah. Oh, story. Congrats to them at Nick Moraldo's in the back big Steelers fan I'm sure you're pumped up for ex Steelers mm-hmm. now getting a chance to represent uh former Steelers in the Super Bowl now right that's good for the yeah. Steelers. Will they be uh, vaccinated sitting in the crowd as well because they'll have about as much impact as oh. I can get a ticket and go too I mean 10 for thousand bucks right now no I cannot get a ticket and go too <laughs> <laughs> I mean feasibly you could figure out a way to get that and go, but I think it is ten grand. And then I would assume the protocol to get in is going to be rather difficult. Yeah, I, got, I believe they have the COVID sniffing dogs for the Super Bowl. That's right. Oh my God! By the way, how was that not the headline? <laughs> I forget it, when that happened. Saturday. Yeah, it, Miami. Miami Heat announced it. Yeah, the my it was a uh, it was a tweet, and I'll tell you what, Twitter is filled. With tweets. That's right. Okay. All right. right. Shut the fuck up, you. All right. Let's get to it. Twitter is filled with things. All right. A lot of shit. We all know it. Twitter gets a lot of bad rap. Twitter should get a lot more good rap because of how small it makes the world feel, how connected you are to people that you would have never had any connection to, information that you would have never had information to. But then also, you know, there's some there's some very negative drawbacks to that type of stuff as well with the virality of things that potentially are true and all that. Maybe the best headline I've ever seen, and it came from what? ESPN or something like that, about the Miami Heat will be uh, testing coronavirus-sniffing dogs to secure a safe playing area. And I was like, excuse me, fuck the playing area. If we got canines that are sniffing coronavirus now, Open it up. Yeah. yeah. Right? Are we yeah. not? Are we not right back in the game? Dog at every entrance. Are we not right? By the way, shout out to canines, yeah. dude. Shout out. Thank you, dog. Best dogs. 
There and obviously, go. obviously, canines cannot get COVID-19, I guess is what they're saying, because one of the biggest things of getting COVID-19 is what? Taste and smell gone. Yeah, true. So is that what happens? The dogs, get, they find it and then they lose their smell and they're like a canary flying into a cave and then oh, they come back. Oh. Is that what's going to happen? Or are we sacrificing dogs to COVID-19 sniffs or can these dogs <sighs> fucking right here, dude? If that's the case. I'd like at least a dog in, in this particular office. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. That'd be great if we could all get a couple of these dogs and move <laughs> forward. Are we back open? Are games happening? Is the Super Bowl going to be packed with coronavirus-sniffing dogs and fans because of that case? Let's go. I'm pretty pumped up about dogs it. Dogs are always the answer. I'm sure we could teach one of ours. I was just going to say, they should <laughs> just release a statement on how to teach your dog how to f- sniff out COVID. I will say this. Elon Musk, <laughs> he had a, a patent or whatever on how his cars operate. Mm-hmm. You know, because for a long time, cars operated in one particular fashion. Uh-huh. And he came along and somehow made a safer, more affordable, faster, quicker car than any other car in the history of existence out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> Curious. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird how that happens. Yeah, a bit. Out of nowhere, like, oh, I'm thinking about it. And then just, <laughs> just creates the greatest car of all time. Right? I had one of the first ones. It was faster than my teammates Porsches, Lombardi, uh, uh, Lamborghinis, and everything like that. Just somehow, some way, you got car sick whenever you're riding in it. And by the way, no gas at all. It plugs yeah. into your wall. Damn. So it's like, how the fuck did this happen? You know, this makes no sense. You're not from our planet. We know it. But he he released his patents or whatever, and he said he released the 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 how to to build what he built or whatever because he said he felt as if we were on a a sinking ship. And if you knew how to plug the holes on the ship and you didn't tell anybody, you're basically sinking the ship or whatever. He was talking about in the the the, uh, the protection of the ozone and everything. We need electric cars or whatever, and kind of let it all out there. I I think if they could teach us how to teach our dogs how to sniff coronavirus, that'd be in the same field. Hey, we're all on a sinking ship right now. Yeah, yeah. Get us the goddamn tricks for the dogs to go ahead and smell coronavirus. That'd be better for everybody. Let's do it. Open the damn planet oh. back up. Look, here here we it is, go. Sports Center. The Heat plan to use coronavirus sniffing dogs to screen fans who want to attend their games. <laughs> Sounds good. I have a fucking coronavirus sniffing dog next to me. You want to talk to me? You got to pass through fucking pooch. We're back. That's awesome. The world's back. Yeah. We made it. Shout out to K9. Thank you, dog. Man, by the way, best way, friend. By the way, way back in the day, dogs have always saved. The humans. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Always, this could be another situation here if Sports Center is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If Sports Center is accurate, dogs have always, way back in the day, you know what I mean? They would just walk right into a bomb. Yeah. Boom. And then dogs got out and were like, should probably walk around this way. <laughs> Look out. And one guy didn't trust the first dog, was like, oh, that fucking, we're going this way. <laughs> Boom. Dead. Everybody's like, well, goddamn, this dog seems to know what's going on. Get a bunch of other dogs. How about this? Police were just chasing people into the great darkness, just running as fast mm-hmm. as they can yeah. into the woods. Dogs came around. We're like, okay, just will you just will you just get us to the car real quick? What it smell? All right, we'll be back in about twenty minutes. Yeah. Unhook me. Fucking go get them. now. They're just out here sniffing coronavirus? Let's go, dude. I do hope COVID Let's doesn't go. hear about this, though, because if we know anything about COVID, it's petty. It's petty son of Stop. a bitch. Don't even and say they it. Will. Stop. They will, will create their own new strength. They will. We're just saying. Fine. By the way, that was sports news. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. everything you just did was sports news. You raise a good point. I mean, why why are they not letting 75, 80,000 people into the Super Bowl? The dogs are in dogs Miami. Are down there. The yeah. dogs are in Miami. Dog they know. section. Get the dogs to Tampa. We got a Super Bowl, dude.
Hopefully it can sniff the variant as well. That's my only worry. Oh, you think uh, it's only no. going to be trained for one particular? It's a variant. The dogs are different than the flu shot. Okay, the denominator the, doesn't care about the variant. The flu. Oh, don't even get into that. But the flu shot is guessing which strain or strand of flu is coming. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why you can get the flu shot and sometimes get the flu because it's a different strain That's or whatever. Right. What if the dogs are only taught on OG COVID-19? That is interesting because what I've heard is COVID-19 A, B, C, and D are all fucking coming off the top rope more so than anybody else. Don't know how that's possible, by the way. Don't know how these ones are stronger and more disastrous when the first one, by the way, shut down the whole fucking world. (laughs) Double mask, triple mask, quadruple mask, (laughs) whatever it takes. Gonna need them all. Hey, listen. Why do we need masks if you got these dogs? Yeah, mm. true. We need to create these dogs. <laughs> we need to start, we need to, we need to start creating these dogs. Now, mass produce these dogs. Clone them. <laughs> now, you got the technology. Clone them all. And that's because SportsCenter tweeted Correct. that coronavirus dogs are going to be used in Miami Heat games to make sure no fans have COVID getting into the building. Mm. And we talk about the NBA here. So that's why that that's, is sports yeah, talk. Yeah. I don't even train that. Well, that's what we're saying, Zito, is it's mostly bullshit. That's what, <laughs> that, that, I'm still seeing the is, truth out of it. That somehow, is potentially but. what we are talking about, is how that is. That seems to be most likely bullshit. But if it's not, let's go, yeah, yeah. dogs! Let's go, dogs! Let's go, dogs! For the brand, for sure. It's yeah. the same way we train Zito with food. I do learn a lot of new things when I'm eating. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, let's go to Nick in Jersey. What's going on, Nick? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, Nick, you sound fantastic. What do you want to talk about? I'll tell you what, if you got any info on these COVID-sniffing dogs, yeah. it would go very good right now. Share. Nah, no, nah, no info yet. Uh, I'll try to train my uh, two dogs to sniff it out. Hurry up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quick question. Hurry what do you uh, plan on doing to that uh, bandwagon, fairweather fan of uh, Helwani when he comes back on? Great question, Nick. I was asked this morning by the boys uh, or by somebody on Twitter. I forget who it was. Uh, is Ariel coming on today? Does he have to face the music, you know? Because will he look like Ty, mm-hmm. who, by the way, in the first hour when Ty was talking about the Packers' loss in the season and everything that could be, almost shed a damn tear here <laughs> on the air. Damn near. People in the comments section were wondering if you are going to be able to bounce back for the rest of the show after that first diatribe you gave about the state of the Packers, and we appreciated you being that raw and that genuine in your feelings. Thank you. I appreciate that. You think Ariel's feeling that same way today? Well, I, he's not a real Bills man, right? So, Whoa. so he doesn't care. Probably, yeah. He probably didn't even know. Did he watch the game? Well, Conor McGregor got, got into a fight the oh, night no. before. True. Yeah. Tough couple so maybe he was – maybe because – you know, last time the Bills were playing, there was another fight on, so he couldn't even watch a game. True. Because he was watching a fight. Mm-hmm. But this game, he had to have watched. He had to have locked himself in his, uh, in his basement or wherever he does and watch that whole game. And you got to feel good if you're a Bills fan, by the way. But I would like to see how Ariel is, is feeling. I'll, I'll send him a text or whatever to make sure he's okay. Might have to think about a Helwani curse. You know, talk to McGregor. They get, he gets knocked the fuck out. Second round. Becomes a Bills fan. They lose in the AFC Championship. Now, okay, you did bring something up there, uh, the Conor McGregor losing. Mm -hmm. I, like 99% of the world, probably, Mm -hmm. I'd assume, fell asleep long before that fight even. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Long before that fight even thought about happening. Hours. Yes. And I'll tell you what, I woke up to take a piss in the morning, and I went over to my phone. I opened up Twitter, saw him night-night, and said, oh, damn. 
Then I then I went to the search button. Mm-hmm. I said, "What happened to Connor?" <laughs> and I saw immediately, and I was like, "All right." Put my phone down. Went right back to sleep. <laughs> Dana White's going to be fighting that for a long time, I think. Mm-hmm. Connor is obviously must watch. I bought. They got money from me, even though I heard they're refunding people. Because when I initially bought it, I couldn't even fucking get in. By the way, yeah. there was an error processing, and people are saying since Dana called out one of the illegal streamers that the illegal streamer potentially triple stamped the double stamp oh, wow. the said they potentially got hacked the internet was saying like shouldn't have went after those oh. the, they, they were saying that that potentially happened I pick your fights wisely I yeah. initially was like oh it's so big they couldn't handle it they didn't expect it because it is Conor McGregor yeah, yeah. but once I started seeing yeah. the internet people being like don't think you can just cross these streamers and just be like hey motherfucker I'm coming and they're just sitting there like you and that illegal streamer was like, I got you, fucker. Is that right? Okay. Now, that is all conspiracy fodder for why did ESPN Plus not work? A lot yeah. of people are wondering. It ended up working, I assume, for a lot of people. I thought it was just my internet. I guess they're refunding people. But that Conor McGregor fight, I guess uh, that guy was just beating the shit out of his calf. Yeah. Slamming his leg. Bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. And it, it, some people I know from the fighting world said, like, it felt like it got to a point where Conor was almost like, just fucking get me out of here. Yeah. And I think that was his comments after words about inactivity right Mm -hmm. because i would assume if you're not getting punched in the face or kicked and it's happening like every other year or something Mm -hmm. like that you could potentially in the middle of your yachts and pretty comfortable life oh yeah that you can i don't want to say forget or kind of get content and not remember what it's like to get punched in the mouth or kicked in the leg or whatever which is one of the reasons why he was such a savage because he was always letting me wooble back to me corner you know what i mean like that whole thing now it's a much different world i'd assume as the fights go on he'll only get better but if you're not getting punched in the mouth every other month or whatever i mean it's probably a much different time man sir you know a lot more about this than any of us uh you're you're a diehard ufc guy uh you put out a tweet about mickey which seemed to resonate pretty real in the entire situation from rocky it's the rocky three story you know mickey realizes that rocky doesn't stand a chance against club against clubber lang because the worst thing happened to rocky that could happen to any fighter he became civilized. Yeah, and that's the clip, right? And once you start thinking of Connor, and I said this You before, can't win, Rock. I, I, <laughs> once, I said this before the Cowboy fight, mm-hmm. so I kind of, and I'm a big Conor McGregor fan. Yeah. Bet on him whenever he boxed Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Large bet. <laughs> that's how much. I was like, if Connor believes he can do it, I believe Connor can do it. But I said, you know, in that world, it feels, now we got a chance to see how Matt Mitrione, Chris Lytle, and others train here in Indianapolis for UFC and Bellator. Mm-hmm. They are in the basement of a very shitty house <laughs> in Indianapolis, which is mats on the floor, basically. Take your shoes off at the front. You're going to come in here and we're going to beat the fuck out of each other for three to four hours. And then we're going to come back tomorrow morning and do the same. And it was some of the most insane stuff I've ever seen. They all shook hands, obviously, with each other. There was jujitsu for a little bit. There was boxing for a little bit. There was everything else. And it was in this dungy-like basement field. Now, they have many champion fighters coming out of this basement. They have many championship fighters coming out of this basement. It's a really good place. But whenever you watch that, and then you see Conor McGregor get $100 million from something, and he's on a yacht and everything, I'm like, I feel like 
in the combat world, you have to have a little bit of an edge. Like I, I just feel like there has to be something that gets you up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. to go get punched in the face in that dungy thing, then go into a cold tub, and then in the afternoon, I believe, they run. They just run all afternoon. Jeez. And I'm not saying Connor didn't do any of that. He looked amazing. But I would assume, just like when you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, those extra routes after practice, those extra whatever, I assume that that's – that's kind of maybe got less, maybe, I'm not sure. There was, and then there was obviously the, you didn't take your sparring partner, but I was listening to Conor McGregor. He said he brought his whole team to places like they were an NFL team. I guess he didn't bring his sparring partners. So has he been punched in the face? What will he learn from it going forward? Is his money completely done now because he loses to Poirier? Probably not, right? I mean, there's just a lot of questions now about what the hell's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you you got to hope if you're a Conor McGregor fan that this loss kind of reminds him to go back to square one. Again, back to Rocky Three, right? Let's get back, let's get down, let's get dirty. Hey, this is a guy that was on welfare when he started with the UFC, and now he shot up like the Jeffersons to that deluxe apartment in the sky. It's just it's going to be tough <laughs> yeah, yeah. to just go back to that, though. Man, when, when do we get those floating cars, by the way? Mm, you know what I mean? got to ask you on. Tooting around? Yeah. I mean, there are jetpacks out there. Right? Mm -hmm. They got the technology. We got VR now, too. VR is awesome. Well, I was going to say, it's like uh, you got a country called Lifestyle, like Foxy coming up. You go into that easy mode in the Oculus Arena, and there's no adversity. So you're just true. talking everybody out. You get real comfortable. Yeah. That's very true. Interesting. Yeah. That Oculus Arena, by the way, that is awesome. Paris yeah. we're going to go with? Yeah. Well, the Oculus Arena, I streamed a couple times. I streamed this weekend. <laughs> uh, it was a good time, me and, uh, me and Zito uh, in the Oculus Arena went live. Probably going to take that. To Twitch, if I had to guess. Oh, really? Okay. I think so, yeah. I guess I guess that's the way the gaming thing goes. Yeah. I think it's more. We'll cut clips for YouTube, obviously, for this mm -hmm. whole thing. But I think we're going to take it to Twitch. Yeah. I'm enjoying it a lot in yeah. there. I'm throwing bombs at people on the stream, mm -hmm. chit-chatting, interacting. And there's a, call, a game called Drunken Bar Fight where oh. you can just go in there and start swinging on people. Mm -hmm. You're chucking what? Pool balls. Yeah, and cue sticks. I saw you with a banging, a banging, a banging. Yeah, a couple of the banging, I had a walker, too. Yeah. <laughs> Can't thank you enough for joining us today. If you enjoyed this show, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't, just act like it never, ever happened, you know? We'll have a big show coming tomorrow. Will Aaron be on? Not sure. We'll find out in the morning. That's TBD. That's a tease. Uh, if you're still listening, I assume you you don't hate this show. Uh, Ty Schmidt had a doctor's appointment he had to run to. He is editing this podcast. Tease and peace, uh, Ty. Hope everything's good. It was a checkup, but hope everything's good, obviously, in the world that we're living in. Hope everything's okay on Ty. Um, Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Monday night after I let them know that as soon as I know if Aaron's coming on, Mignogna, I will let you know on the Twitter, Instagram, MySpace. I don't do any of the other ones. I don't have MySpace either. To be honest, I'll probably just put it on Twitter. All right, anyways, that's the show. We'll see you, Mignogna. Cheers.
Thank you.